What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO episode 27. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the prod. You threw me off with this thing. That was your problem. Were you looking for this? Because I moved the coaster earlier because you just had your chamois on it. I needed a coaster for my chamois. <laughs> I'm sorry. I will now it's you're... a microfiber cloth. I think we discovered already it's called the chamois. It's a microfiber cloth. Pride along Island, Colin Moriarty. Good to be here with you today. It's good to be here with you. Colin, let's address the elephant in the room. Ladies and gentlemen, if you Where didn't know, this show, PS I Love You, XOXO, was recorded on Monday afternoons, posted Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific time, MP3s, videos on YouTube. You understand all that. And I'll get to that rigmarole in a while. This is going up. Before the PlayStation VR event at GDC, we will be attending the PlayStation VR event at GDC. However, this show wouldn't have any of those, those thoughts, figures, news, because we won't know. We don't know it. Right. It hasn't happened yet. No, if happened. you're looking to get the scoop on what we thought of the PlayStation VR announcement at GDC Tuesday afternoon, what you need to do is either go to twitch.tv slash kind of funny games Tuesday evening at seven o'clock where we'll be streaming from GDC or Wednesday or Thursday when we're streaming from GDC 10 to five each and every day and of course the games castle cover off on that i'm sure that'll be a topic i'm excited what do you think what do you think what do you think we're going to get out of this event a date and a price oh i hope so yeah how close to is be. the date you think it is, is the fall or is I it say summer may. you say may i said that in like an episode or two ago so i'm okay. gonna stick with it um, i'm holding out for the, my prediction of uh, no man's sky being tied in with it i mean it, it won't be but i hope i hold out hope that that's it and then june price bam pow pow Pie in the sky, like two ninety nine, but realistically, probably three ninety nine. Realistically, four ninety nine. I'm saying three ninety nine. I'm saying three ninety nine for the price point on this bad boy. We'll see. We will. That's all. It's very be exciting. It is very exciting. I can't wait. I want one. Well, we'll see if you want one. I play this. the division in VR. You're not, that's not how it works. That's one hundred percent not. I how can it play works. any game I want in PlayStation not VR. How PlayStation as far as I understand. VR works. No, they've been very clear about that. As far as I understand, I can play any game I want. I'll on check on. VR. Is that true? <laughs> no, being told it's not hey, true. Hey, Colin, oh, Jackie T. Yeah, <laughs> that's not true about PlayStation VR. <laughs> we designed it from the top up. Or no, top down. We no. You went top up, Jack. Wow, Jack, you designed it from the top up. How much further do you get from the top? Let me tell you, Colin. Ladies and gentlemen, Jackie T. This is P.S. I love you. XOXO. It is kindoffunny.com's PlayStation podcast. So make sure you go to kindoffunny.com. Subscribe to all the YouTube channels. Love us and support us there. Share us with your friends. Do all that jazz. Of course, it posts as a video or it posts as an MP3. It's all over the podcast services around the globe. Go to iTunes. Get us there. Rate us. We are number one. We are number one PlayStation podcast. Thank you very much for that. Uh, We love your support. You mean the world to us. I'm excited to talk. I, I, usually we do like, what are you playing? What, I have a, mm. a, a topic of the week plays into what we're playing. So let's, yeah. not, even, let's okay. not even get around mm. it. Let's get right to the business sure. with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. <laughs> Time for some singular possessive news. There, oh, let me turn my mouse on. Do there it. are 15 items on the list. Baker's and I, dozen. I must say that this is a pretty robust list. We're all over the map, you say, on this one? I say I say it's a good list of, of news. Of news. Of juicy news If we were going to play the tidbits. old classic, uh, I guarantee it, or I doubt it. Uh, these would all be I guarantee it. I, I assume that you would not doubt any of them. And remember, the you know. You could legit tell me if you doubt any of them. Let's not play I guarantee it, or I doubt, but let's. But you but can. But for new listeners, I just want to explain. I guarantee, of course, I guarantee it. The men's warehouse guy who no longer is with the men's warehouse. He's alive, don't worry. But no longer with men's warehouse. He'd always say, I guarantee you. Because Colin used to put too many stories on the Roper's, Roper report back then, not Roper's report now. You've been good with Roper's report. It's been a, definitely an evolution of what Roper's well, I've report been, was. Con- I've been putting all the, the nonsense into one. It's been helpful. 
And so I'd say I doubt it, like discount furniture, Bob, if I thought it didn't belong right. on, on there. Mm-hmm. So let's go. You okay. say the, none of these are going to be doubted. I, I, I don't think any of them are doubted. Okay. Number one, PlayStation 4 was once again the best selling gaming console of the month in the United States, this time for the month of February 2016. The console was also responsible for the most software sold at retail. Additionally, according to the monthly MPD report that charts games performance in the U.S., these were the top 10 best selling games of the month for February in order. Far Cry Primal. Call of Duty Black Ops 3, Grand Theft Auto 5, Naruto Shippuden, Ultimate Ninja Storm 4, NBA 2K16, Lego Marvel Avengers, Street Fighter 5, Minecraft, Fire Emblem Fates, uh, Fire Emblem Fates Birthright, colon Birthright, and Fallout 4. Mm. Far Cry Primal, Naruto, NBA 2K16, Lego Marvel Avengers, Street Fighter 5, and Fallout 4 also best on PS4. Street Fighter 5 is a console exclusive, so that's not a big deal. Um, That's it. Okay. I know we do a lot of shows together. Did we not talk about this last time? No, we talked about this on Colin and Greg Live. Okay. Too many shows together. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw your look. You were looking at me in a weird sort of way. Because I was trying to remember. I was trying to dial it back because I thought we've talked about <sighs> it this. It was on Colin and Greg. We, we I talked believe about. you. Because um, we talked about Far Cry Primal being there. Yeah, which on Colin and Greg. was surprising, but then not surprising the more you think of it. I'm going to look just to check. No, I believe you. No, I'm, I'm so not. You may, now you got I'm me, not doubting you. Hashtag you Colin was little, right, brother. you got me a little nervous, brother. Brother? Hey, brother, man. Now you got me a little. Let me tell you the curb, sister. <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Why do you have to turn out to be a racist? Let's see. No. Cool. Just wasn't sure. on last week's. Oh. No. That was PSN Digital Games. Ah. So, all right. So, uh, as far as the list is concerned, A, I want to point out Fire Emblem Fates. Pretty big. That's on there. If the games, if those three games were combined as one, it would have been the third best selling game. We'd have fucked that up, Nintendo. Uh, Street Fighter V did pretty well. It's only available retail with PS4. It's obviously on PC as well. And it's, I'm sure it's selling pretty well digitally. Uh, Fallout 4 falling off the list almost, number 10. NBA 2K16 was the one that stood out to me the most. That's at number five. Okay. Because everyone talks about the EA games, Madden and FIFA. FIFA sells very well, obviously, around yeah. the world. But everyone's like, oh, these cash cows, Madden and FIFA. But I'm like, NBA is really the only one that's on the list all year. You know what I mean? Mm, okay. Like in the US anyway. I'm, sure. I'm not talking about globally. FIFA obviously would outsell it globally. But that game must sell better than Madden. Like by a mile. Interesting. Don't you think? Madden seems like it sells for two months. Yeah. NBA sells. I feel like NBA is on the, on the chart literally all year. Like even up into the summer months. Maybe not in the summer, but up to those months. I mean, it's it's March this season. The playoffs are going to start in a month or two. The game's still number five. Interesting. I just feel like that game doesn't get its due. We had them on I agree when we did the GameStop Expo in September. We had those guys on. Those guys know their shit. No, like, no. When you think about sports games, you think about EA. You talk mm-hmm. about EA. You don't talk about NBA, and you don't talk about the show. And those two, two games two are studios, both better. Yeah, two studios that break their backs trying to make these games as amazing as they can. And then Far Cry Primal at number one was a surprise to me. Mm. Um, I, think I still, it's a, I still I think hang in there that it's just the first game of consequence. The first like retail game of cons- consequence in particular. Sure. Because like Firewatch, everybody was excited about and had an opinion about, but digital, so it didn't count. Number two. Number two, everybody. Fallout first Fallout 4's first. first piece of DLC, Automatron, has been dated. The DLC will launch on March 22nd and will cost $10 when purchased as a standalone product. Obviously, you can also purchase the season pass. According to, its, to buy the season pass at a discount? I think so. Okay, good thing I got According mine. to its trailer, it's far more story mission based than we might have originally imagined. So Which this is awesome. not something we're talking about on Colin and Greg yeah. Live. But this one's exciting. Yeah. Because this is... this is I, I, at first, when they were talking about these expansion packs, I didn't care anything about until... What was it? 
Far Harbor. Far Harbor. That was the one where I was like, well, for sure, that one sounds awesome. But these ones, I don't know. Is it just gear? Is it just a companion? Da, da, da. And then you watch the trailer. Then you have this old robot man who wanted to start some shit. And I was like, oh, he looks cool. I'd like to fight him. Remember in Fallout 3's The Pit when you had to find all those gold ingots for the trophy? Right. Oh, that was such a pain in the ass. No, no, good there. That's just a brief and okay, that was un- just a un- irrelevant aside. aside. Okay, just making uh, sure. But uh, what I've decided, because I do want to get back to Fallout 4. I have to get back to Fallout 4. I think I'm going to wait until Far Harbor comes out. The other two pieces of DLC will come out before it, and then I can do all of this at once. That way, gotcha. you know. Like, what are the, what's the likelihood you actually do that, though? Not because you're a man of no morals. Not because you're not a man of your word. Just because right now you're thinking, oh, big open swatch there. A lot of time, a lot of free. When I look ahead, yeah. I see games that are going to take a lot of time. Like, for instance, Salt and Sanctuary. We have had that game forever. We have, yes. And I've just not played it. It comes out tomorrow. Me too. Um, you know, but like I see Alienation. That game's going to occupy a ton of my time. Of course. Uh, but like there's, it seems like there's going to be time to get through fallout for it in my heart it's like got to be 100 percent. i can't imagine not going back mm-hmm. and just leaving fallout 4 just but i'm just saying is this like one of your bioshock infinite things this is like 50 other games that i've talked about in the past yeah you are absolutely correct okay the evil within yeah yeah you really like the evil skyrim within too. Yeah, yeah yeah i did like the evil within you yeah. yeah number three i'm gonna play it I got here's my big oh. thing and I'm gonna play it as they come out so I'll have impressions oh. for you right away that's great except for the fact that there's a million things going on that week I think sure but I gotta go through now this is something I didn't think about I gotta go through and sit down and figure out what one is my save because oh. I have all these different saves right. from doing the platinum but I want to make sure I'm with the group I, I actually sure. chose canonically sure number three to Pierce Final Fantasy 15's release date may have leaked Gamatsu Sal Romano wrote a story indicating that the global release date is Friday September 30th and that this information comes from multiple reliable sources that would be familiar with Square Enix's plans. The release date, along with other information, is set to be revealed at the Uncovered Final Fantasy 15 event in Los Angeles on March 30th, hosted by our very own Greg and Tim. Hi, it's me. So you may or may not know the answer, but that's the do, but that's the rumored release date globally. So Japan, Europe, Australia, US, everywhere. Friday, September 30th. And you can find out March 30th live on twitch.tv. And what a weird coincidence it would be if... It was six months to the day from that. Yeah, I guess. I just thought of that, actually. I was, I was writing the news today. Because mm, mm, mm. I don't know the answer. Yeah. You might or might not. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. Jiggy wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can to be part of the show. And Jiggy, a.k.a. Jordan B, says, Hey, Colin and Greg. I'm super pumped to see that Greg will be hosting the Final Fantasy XV event with Tim. Are you really super pumped? According to Jiggy. Okay. Jiggy says he's super pumped. Okay. Final Fantasy fans are hardcore, you know. I don't I know if you know that. I've I know I was one. Not anymore. Jiggy continues. Mm. I know you've Greg never been a huge fan of the series, but are you going to prepare for the event by playing any of the past games? I personally always loved the series and its incredible art direction. What are both you and Colin? What are both you and Colin of your favorite JRPG franchises? I figure Greg's will probably be Persona, but I'm really curious about Colin's favorite. Thanks, guys. Hope you have a great time with the event, Greg. P.S. I love you. Jordan B. So, in reverse order, and then I'll turn it over to Colin. Yes, Persona is probably my favorite JRPG series. I love Persona. It's the, the one of the few... Yeah, you probably like them, the only... like them high school kids. Probably the only that's put his hooks to me. I love a good high school kid. Right. You know what I mean? Just tender, soft. Mm-hmm. Right. Doesn't know right from wrong. Right, stupid. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. Sure. So, Persona for sure. And then, am I going to play any games leading up to the... No. I am not going to play any games. Remember, the whole thing with the Final Fantasy event is that they are saying that Final Fantasy 15 appeals to both the hardcore fan, Tim Gettys, 
and somebody who just is me who likes video games and respects Final Fantasies, but has never clicked for me before. So that's why we both got cast in this thing here. I'm not faking it. I'm not going in there acting like I've played all this stuff. And then there's people like me. They're like, hey, we got a Magitek armor in the game. Hey, you like Final Fantasy VI, don't you, kid? It's Joe Farrow. I was going to say Joe Farrow's working yeah. on a Final Fantasy? We'll talk about Joe Farrow in a minute. We will. Uh, so uh, pound for pound, I think Wild Arms is the best Japanese role-playing game I've ever played, but that's not my favorite series because Wild Arms and Wild Arms 2 are great games. Mm-hmm. Fantastic games. Three, I didn't like, and I never played any of the other ones after that. Uh Tales is definitely one of my favorites. I started with Tales of Destiny, but that was the second game. Tales of Fantasia was the first one. It was a Super Famicom game. It didn't come out until later when it was released on GBA. Did you eventually on GBA and think it was t- tied into that Mickey movie Fantasia? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. It's Fantasia without a P. And you were like, well, it's just a weird misspelling. Japanese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the Japanese are very mysterious people. Uh, so Tales, I would give it a shout out to. I would give a shout out to Final Fantasy up through nine. Very strong. Exception of maybe... I actually think the PS1 ones are the weakest, but 9 was a really strong game. I think 7, in hindsight, was I maybe hated on it a little too much. 8, maybe the weakest. Uh, and then uh, Dragon Quest. Oh, okay. You love them. Dragon I love Quest. Dragon you Quest. Love Dragon Quest is very traditional. Yeah. And uh, that's not for everyone, but I, I like it very much. Okay. So yeah, Wild Arms, Tales, Final Fantasy, Old Final Fantasy, and Dragon Quest. Excuse me. Are you going to go uh, get the package? Yeah. Secure the package? Secure the package. I'm waiting for a delivery myself. And I wonder if it is indeed my parcel. So Greg has walked out of the door and he's walking down the stairs. I'm just using my imagination now because I don't know for sure. And he's probably opening the door and the UPS guy's having a little playful banter back and forth. Oh, that's a funny joke. And And then Greg walks back up the stairs with the package secure in his arms. And then he walks back through the door. I'm a little ahead of the story now because he hasn't walked back through the door. Is Greg dead? Greg might be dead. This is taking a little longer than usual. I don't hear him walking upstairs yet. He stomps around like a Clydesdale when he walks up the stairs. You can hear him anywhere in the house. He's still downstairs. What is happening? This is a very mysterious what could possibly be going on? Hmm. Greg, are you there? Greg. Greg. Greg, where are you? Did the UPS man? Did the UPS man kidnap you, Greg? Did the FedEx man kidnap you? Are you dead? Are you dead? Oh. Oh, okay, he's back. Okay. That was a really long one. Something with our water. I'm working on it. Really? What happened? Something's wrong with our water. Now he ran into his bedroom. He had like a thing in it. It looked like almost like a mailer, like a political mailer. What happened with our water? It's all lead. It's all lead? Who was it? Are you serious? I guess we didn't pay our water bill? That doesn't sound right. It wasn't the FedEx man at all. It wasn't the UPS man at all. 
It was the Waterman. And I have to be honest with you. If you asked me to guess 100 different people that might be at the door at any given time, I would have never guessed the Waterman. No, I would have never guessed the Waterman at all. But there he is. Demanding money. Because Greg doesn't pay the fucking water bill. Even though he's supposed to pay it. So isn't that mysterious? As he's downstairs cutting a check to the waterman. Now, could this all be a ruse? This is, of course, very possible as well. Someone nonchalantly walking down the street, acting as if he is the waterman. If someone came up to my door and was like, I'm the waterman, I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck that means. I don't know what it means to be the waterman. And then he comes demanding money. Like this seems a little. This seems a little strange, doesn't it? The waterman knocking on the door, ringing the bell, technically buzzing the door. Demanding. Money in the form of a personal check. Oh, something about that doesn't sit right with me at all. So Greg apparently is downstairs now. Cutting a check. And we simply have to wait for him to return. (laughs) Pregnant pause. Did you like that? Bet you did. Something's wrong with our water. And then Greg said it's all lead, which would have been, well, that would have been disastrous. You can't take that back. We drink a lot of this water here in this house. And you certainly can't take that back. I'm listening carefully for noises that he might be coming back. Now he's talking to someone in the hallway. Now he's having a conversation. Now someone's buzzing our door again, but Greg's down there. This is bizarre. You're getting a, an interesting insight into our existence. Our very existence. Someone buzzed the door. How, who, who could possibly be buzzing the door right now? Now he's walking back upstairs. He's coming inside. What a day. I'll tell you what. Package is here. The water's okay. All right. So I gave a play-by-play and some conjecture here. You'll listen to it when you edit the video. Yeah, I'm sure I will. Did you talk the whole time or did yeah. you actually edit it? No, you can talk. I talked the whole time. Perfect. I'll let it roll. <laughs> now. So that was the water department in the beginning. And the water department came by to tell us basically that like the automatic bill pay has been broken. So we need to pay them. So I cut them their check for the water. Now, this is coming so out of the bank of Greg. How much do we owe them? <laughs> I just it's not. It's, that's the thing is it's not. They came. See, this is what I was saying was that if someone just came to the door and was like, I'm the water man. I need a personal check. Yeah. I'd be like, I don't know about this. This doesn't sound no, like no, something no. that would happen. I had seen an email about him, but it was like, hey, your so water you, bills do. I didn't think it was, hey, your water bill's in trouble. We need you to look at your, look at this stupid. Okay. So then someone buzzed again. Then I shut the door, started up the stairs, our landlord in the hallway. What's going on? I'm like, oh, nothing. This is happening. He let, we had a good laugh and then the doorbell rang oh, again. Oh, you laughed? He had a good yeah, laugh? Oh, yeah. He's in a good mood. Oh, he's in a good, good mood. Good mood. I love when he's in a oh, good mood. Me too. Then it doorbell again and then it was the package we expected, or at least the one I expected, which is the hard drive for GDC. Now, the hard drive's in a... looks like you bought it maybe at Shaw's, which is a super... I don't know what Shaw's is. Okay. Are you out of breath? I am, Because yeah. you didn't really do it's a lot of action. I started up the stairs, Colin, then I had to talk to our landlord, then I had to bounce back down the stairs, then I had to get here, then I had to go get a checkbook. 
I'm drinking water infested with lead, apparently. Maybe you should pay the water bill next time. And none of that would have happened. I just don't know how I, like, the least responsible person in the house, got in charge of all the yeah, bills. That's a really good that was point. a really dumb move. That's a good point. You but love I, that kind of shit. Oh, I don't, though. See, You're I don't. the one who loves looking I at I pay my credit person. card off sometimes twice in the same day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have that platinum card at Bank of America. Sure. 0% APR. Mm-hmm. Pay that shit off. Get your points on the back end. 2% off on uh, gas, 3% off groceries, 1% off on everything. Then you double well, how, it. Well, how much, man, are you ro- ro- rolling in those gas bills Ooh, there? Yeah, not really. No, not really. <laughs> you're just no. buying it sometimes just to get the percent. Gas. I need that 2% back. <laughs> just pouring get it on the street. Yeah. If only I had a car. <laughs> All right, where were we? Number four. Sony has introduced its launch party, a six-week event on the PlayStation Store that will celebrate the release of six eagerly anticipated digital games. It all starts this week with Salt and Sanctuary on PS4. Which, which we come. have and haven't played. Because of Division. I'm excited. Because it looks awesome. Followed over the next five weeks by an order. Day of the Tentacle Remastered on PS4 and Vita. Enter the Gungeon on PS4. Stories the Path of Destinies on PS4. Invisible Ink on PS4. And finally, the cream of the crop, Alien Nation on PS4. All of the games can be garnered at a discount. If you pre-order them before their respective releases. I know you're stoked for Alienation. Oh, can't wait. I am too, because of their pedigree. But I'm super excited for Enter the Gungeon. I hope it pans out. When I played at an event, had a great time with it. Really looking forward to it. Wish it was on Vita, but I understand. I think Enter the Gungeon is coming to Vita. Is it? But not right away. I'm going to check on that. Because when we talked to him there, it was like... "Mm," One of those things. "Mm, mm." You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm. Nobody knows what's happening. Let's see. Hold on a second. I'll sing Invisible Touch while you do that. And now I know, I know, I'm on it, she seems to have that invisible touch. Okay, so they say in the comments March 2nd on the Enter the Gungeon April 5th release thing, because of these technical reasons, Gungeon would be, need to be basically recoded to run well on the Vita. I wouldn't totally rule out a Vita version. Okay, but we're right where I was before. But I feel like there was another game on here that I thought, what could it be? Day of the Tentacle is coming. Oh, Salt and Sanctuary, I think, is coming to Vita. Oh, nice. Let me verify that. That might be the one. Then I'm just going to wait. Keep on waiting, Salt and Sanctuary. Who can it be? Yeah, it is coming to be. All right, great. It's just not ready yet. I understand. Maybe we can wait a month or a year or two years or five years for that. Who knows? Till the SS Vita finally sinks. It will never sink. Number five. The division is officially Ubisoft's most successful day one launch in a three decade history of the publisher. In 24 hours, the game sold more copies than any other Ubisoft release in their respective first 24 hours on the market. So congratulations to Ubisoft. And we'll talk more about the division in the in topic of, what do we call it now? The, the show? show. Tots, tots, tots. We could do it right here if you want. We haven't had a good yeah, topic. We'll of the sh- we haven't had a good topic of the show. We interrupt something else in a while. Tots, 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 tots. Tots, tots, So we're, yeah, topic of the show is the division. Now, you and I have both been playing the division. Mm-hmm. You and I keep evolving and marinating mm-hmm. on the division and that was one of the things we talked about a little bit today on calling Greg Latin mm-hmm. is the fact that today our games cast topic went up about the division but that's tip of the sword kind of stuff Scratch, right. we're just scratching the surface for god's sakes hold on a second give me your glasses because how do you not see this come on sorry okay there you go thank you sorry the water man must have put it on there <laughs> drive me nuts the uh, machine. And you want to eventually do a bigger review discussion. I think we should it. do a review, but discussion. I still think we should have this tent pole discussion here, this stopgap here of what we think now. How sure. many hours in are you right now? Fifteen. Fifteen hours in. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. I have two characters. One level nineteen, which I want to say the hour count on it was like twenty-two or twenty-three hours, and then one level ten or eleven, which would be all weekends work, so like, you know, eight nine hours of work there too. 
I'm in love with this game. I love this game. Got flaws for sure. You're in love with it. In love with it. Mm. All I want to do is play this game. It's definitely got my. It's it's definitely got a hook. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's RPG. Yeah, it's that. But it's uh, yeah. So in our review discussion on Gamescast, which people can watch on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games or download the podcast, I was I liked it, but I was a little lukewarm on it as well. And some yeah. things, I still think there's problems with the game. But the more I play it, the more I'm like, yeah, this is good. And we're playing it very differently. You and I, I'm playing it totally by myself. So right. we do have two two totally different perspectives um, on the game. I think it's hard, which is good. It's probably harder than it's supposed to be for me. Um, and I am also I am trying to play higher level things intentionally to make it even harder. Mm-hmm. Not like skull and crossbow and I can't kill anything hard. Sure, but like if I'm like level 10 and they're level 11 or level 12, there's nothing really wrong with that. Um, so uh, I'm level 12 now. Uh, I'm getting I just did the Joe Farrow stuff at, um, at the concrete factor or the fuck or napalm factor. Uh, and uh, that's what we were talking about. Mr. New York. Yeah. Joe Farrow is like over the top character. They're lying to us. I don't care if they say they're with the government. It's, you take them out. They stayed behind because they're real New Yorkers. Swing the crane, Spider-Man. Yeah, I was like, well, I, I kept dying on the mission. I'm like, it's so good. I'm dying because I get to listen to this guy over and over again. <laughs> um, I was like cracking up. Like, this is terrible. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, the game's got a nice hook to it. I like the equipment, like equipping things, making yourself more powerful. There's an armor stat for your armor, but there's also the ways it affects the way you use your guns and your, your damage, and your, skills your health, and, yeah. your skill. Yeah. So there's like deep role playing systems um, in the game. Uh, I also like New York City. I, I think it's it's not a pound for pound recreation of New York City, but it's pretty close. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm in Hell's Kitchen or Chelsea, you know, um, went to Madison Square Garden. Uh, does this stuff look right to you? Yeah, it does. Okay. And then that, for me, there's like the public library I've seen. I'm like, oh, right. And then I don't know if you caught this. I was on Reddit and they had it up this screen by screen or somebody might have tweeted at me actually um, of wherever in I am legend. This is a deep. I am legend cut. So get get on it. Remember when he yells at the mannequin, the mannequin yeah. got moved. They That mannequin in that is in that spot in the game. He's oh, like cool. off the side under a scaffolding dressed the same way or whatever. Cool. And I was like, oh, right. And they showed side by side. I'm like, oh, that building is literally that building. Like, like that's that exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I like it. I, I, I know I'm not playing it in t- as intended. I wonder how long I can go without playing with anyone else. Yeah. And I don't know that I'm going to play it further if I have to play with someone else. I don't know if you're going to have to. Honestly, I'm pretty good at it, I think. But like uh, the enemies are a little spongy. The, the weapon. I, I feel like the game tells you sometimes like it's like, oh, your shit's like under leveled or gun or your armor or whatever. And I'm like, dude, like you're not giving me much to work with here. And I don't have the blueprints necessary to make anything right, better. Right. The only reason I got a better assault rifle or like a, a, a like an M4 style gun was because I went and bought it. Mm, like I, I like I I was using a level three or level four gun up until like level ten, mm. um because it wasn't I don't like uh I don't like bullet spray assault rifles like AK style assault rifles that are yeah. like you know I like like this more surgical guns or whatever sure. and I just wasn't getting anything like that so um but I think it's fun I I think that the the, the skills are a little weird and samey I don't have an I, I haven't unlocked enough slots to really be able to explore everything so I have like the healing skill and I use the pulse skill to see what the enemies are around me mm-hmm. and it gives me like a critical damage boost I love my turret yeah you're turret engineering I guess I I don't I don't um yeah so I mean that, that that's a kind of a rambling kind of thing I I, I like it a lot yeah. I, I don't I don't know that I'm in love with it but it certainly has uh, something about it that makes me want to play it. I want to play it when we're done here so yeah exactly no that's I mean that's been the, that's my whole thought process on everything right is that I want to get through all the work stuff to get to play this game and that's that's awesome I, I feel like not that I haven't had those games recently but I feel like there hasn't been a game for me to really jump in and sink my teeth into and get lost in and feel like I'm going to be playing this for a while. You know what I mean? Firewatch was, I'm in and out. This is happening. Da da da. Far Cry put in and it was like, okay, no big deal. But this is a game where I like 
you know, even right now as we head into GDC, which is going to fuck everything up and I'm gone for South by next weekend. Like I still see myself getting into it next week and I'm already making plans with Fran of like, all right, if you get to level 30, you've got it. You're going to have to, I'm, you know, we're gonna have to figure out a way to carry me or get me there, you know, or you to make another character to come back and play with me through these parts. Yeah. The complaint I heard <laughs> is that the game really hits a wall once you hit level 30. Like it's like, I, I have heard that from people that it's just not fun anymore. Like mm-hmm. the level count might be a little low. Yeah. But I see, I, I haven't, this is one of those games where I went into, blackout on it right love the idea love what i saw played the beta for 45 minutes to make sure i liked it you know control wise and i was out so i don't know if they've addressed this and i haven't done any research reading on it but it strikes me the same way dc universe did right where it's like level caps 30 and it's and it's low because we want it to be achievable we want you to be able to hit that and then go out and do stuff because i think it's supposed somebody tweeted me today and again i'm not digging because i don't want to ruin for me but somebody tweeted at us in today uh, today in response to the gamescast topic about division that went live that was when you get to 30 that's where it is where the fun starts there is all the stuff to do in the dark zone there are more you know what i mean i think really the dark zone becomes what you're supposed to be doing in, at level 30 and jumping in and getting more exotics and doing this and fighting with each other or against each other and that's where they're talking about adding incursions which are the raids and doing all, and it's, so it's like if this is just the stepping stone to it I'm fine with that and that's the big thing I, I take away from it is like right now I got a laundry list of complaints with it right like from little stuff like you know, I go you know I, I upgraded my security wing so I'd have the appearance vendor and I go to the appearance vendor but when I get to an item I can't preview it I have to buy it to see if I like it. And it's like, well, that sucks. I don't want So I'm using like third party sites now where I'm Googling image search Jesus and seeing what Christ. this is. I'm in dude. I'm, I'm deep into this game. But then the bigger one in the problem I've run into is this whole, the level uh, discrepancy where like, I would have loved to have played with my one character with Christine this weekend, but for her starting a new character and me having a character that was at level 15 or 16 at the time, right? It would have, screwed it up like you've, you've you run into battles with other people that are higher level than you and if they're high enough level it's just you get the skull and crossbone over enemies you can't do any damage they kill you one hit it's like that's not fun so i had to roll another character to roll with her which was fine but it felt it was still one of those things of even when i'm getting stuff there i'm like man i always wish i was earning all this xp in one place sure. or i was building one thing so i hope they fix stuff like that but for me it has and i talked to a couple friends over the weekend that are big destiny players and it's one of those where we can't get a real consensus because they've only played a little bit of division. Whereas I played a lot of division and I've only played a little bit of destiny, but they played a lot of destiny. So it was one of those me tossing it out to them of like, well, to me, this feels like what destiny was when it first launched, where it was very like vanilla. Okay. There's this stuff and you're going to get hooks in you and you're going to enjoy this, but we're going to have to wait for content drops. And is that fair to say, or is it not fair to say? And there's no real consensus. And I'd like to see you guys discuss it in the chat or tweet at us below or tweet at us period. Uh, on what you guys know as experts, what you girls know as experts. Cause that's the thing. I don't have my head wrapped around. It feels like a game I'm going to play for a long, long time, but it, I, I, it does feel like I'm going to hit level 30, go out and get some cool guns. And then, all right, I'll wait for the next content dropping back. on. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think what's going to happen to me. Like, I, I can't imagine wanting to even play it at all. If I reach level 30, mm-hmm. like, like once I'm there, I'm like, well, I'm not, nothing I do matters anymore. So like, what's the point? Sure. Like that's, that's absolutely going to happen to me. Like, why would you even play the game if you can't level? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna do it for gear. Who cares? Like, well, it's I, mean, like I mean, yeah. you know, like it's it, like that's just not the why I play games. It's like, yeah, I want guns and stuff, but I'm not gonna get guns to like carve out, you know, new, you know, carve fucking holes in enemies for no reason. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I don't know. Number six. No, 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 no. Oh, this is the topic of the show, brother. No, I forgot. Turn it over to the community who can be part of the show by going to kindoffunny.com/psq. Just like Deacon Zero Five OC did. He says, "Dear Colin and Greg." 
With the division finally available, we now have another game out that I've seen people who are cold on it describe as, quote, dull and repetitive. My question is, what does dull and repetitive game mean gameplay mean to you guys? Is it simply the gameplay structure that's being repeated throughout? The God of War series is one of my favorite franchises, and that certainly fits the bill on repetition. Is it how the game makes you feel when you accomplish something? It seems that with any game nowadays, regardless of if it gets a sizable acclaim, there will always be a segment who describe it as dull and repetitive. Thank you for all the content you provide, Eric. That's totally subjective. Right? That's the thing. I think every game is repetitive if you really boil it down. Yeah, you're, it's the same. You build an engine that does the same mechanics. And, you know, I mean, like, look at what we've seen for Uncharted 4, right? It's like more vehicle driving, swinging from the grappling hook, you know, shooting people. Like, it is that dull and repetitive? Probably won't be. I mean, hard to say. I'm quoting a game. But based on the other Uncharted's, no, right? Because they'll mix it up. And for me, with The Division, that's the same thing where... Yeah, like when it says virus encounter, when it says, you know, break up the arms deal, I know exactly what kind of mission I'm about to get. But I personally, at least in my, you know, experience, have found the AI to be really, really good. You know what I mean? Like it does different things and it'll try to flank me. And then it's also playing this game of I'll toss out the turret or my partner will draw their fire and then I get to flank around and I get some shots before they learn to turn to me. And it's like, oh, there's snipers up there. How do I want to advance and take them out? Right. It's not if you want to be a hater and step back and be like, the division's gameplay is just arena third person shooting, right? That's, that's true. And you could say that's dull and repetitive, but the more I play it, the more I find I'm getting out of it. Yeah. I also just think that like, I just don't, I don't repetitive gameplay is a common complaint and it's a valid complaint in, in many situations, but I just don't think that it's a, it's a valid complaint here just because it's, oh, sure. it's, it's uh the game's way more dynamic than just cover based third person shooting. It's, yeah. There's just a way more to do than that. And when you really boil every game down to its base mechanics, every game's repetitive. It's not like, it's not like a game lets you do a million different things in it. Like you said, an engine allows for certain things and a gameplay style allows for certain things. God of War certainly is the epitome of repetitive, but that's not the problem with the game for me. Yeah. The problem is that it's uh, the character sucks. Kratos sucks. Yeah, he's always angry. He's got, um, no, he's got no range. Yeah, no range at all. Like, who, who cares? You know, like that's the disappointing thing is like the games are fun. So I have different complaints about God of War than people might have the mechanical complaints, but I think mechanically God of War is very deep. So again, yeah. like it's all that's the, this, you know, the subjective nature of game criticism you know the games i love the old classic mario 8-bit kind of games are are fucking repetitive as hell but they're good yeah i think and that's the thing i think really when when you're saying dull and repetitive and just repetitive in general the problem is when you add dull it's when you're not having fun when there is no thought to what you're doing right right? like yeah like i'm saying division on paper sounds repetitive but the way i approach every one of these scenarios and what's happening and maybe i want to advance up on this one maybe i want to hang back and use my marksman rifle like that's what makes it exciting maybe repetitive you know what i mean whatever you want to say but I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I don't think that. I don't. I think it's a mechanically very sound game. It's got some wonkiness, close co- close quarter combat. Not that it's designed for that. Is really weird. The camera freaks out um, when you're close to things. Cover acts a little finicky sometimes. Mechanically, it's it's imperfect, but um, no game is really perfect mechanically. Yeah, I think it gets more right than it gets wrong. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I, I've I've di- I've a few times or not a few, but a couple times I've died where I'm like, that's bullshit. Like that's not has nothing to do with what I was doing. The camera's sure. fucking bugging out because I'm too close to this to cover. Or, like I'm in a corner. Um, I also find the game to be easy to manipulate. Uh, we were talking about Joe Farrow that a fight for me on normal was very easy to manipulate, but there are even like Lieutenant kind of battles where like I, there's a sniper and engineer and the engineer keeps making a turret Turrets. or whatever. And like you can like, especially with snipers far away, they appear pow, pow, pow. And then they go back down in the cover. So like you just wait for them to appear. They pop up, bop one, one bullet, 
to them doing just a minimal amount of damage duck if you wait five minutes you can kill them like that like it's just it's, so yeah. it's not it's so it's very easy to to game the ai doesn't seem to be super intelligent they either seem to be like overly aggressive or not aggressive sometimes that the ai doesn't turn on so there are problems but nothing i would like write home about right you know and like fucking complain about ace rockarola forever says good day colin and greg I'm a huge fan of both of you. Please keep up the fantastic work. I had an aha moment while playing the division this morning. Is the dollar flu virus a metaphor for rampant consumerism? Walking around the temporarily frozen temp temporarily, sorry, frozen black Friday madness of NYC is truly surreal. There is trash everywhere. A symbol of modern society's excessive consumption advertisements proudly displayed as if nothing ever happened. Extravagant Christmas decorations hang for no one to see. What do you guys think of the game's overall message? Do you think there's more than just a pandemic? Thanks for all you do. P.S. Olive juice. No, I don't think there's a hidden message. I don't either. The trash is accumulating because there's no one to pick it up. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know that you can you can dig too deep. And maybe there is something to be said about consumerism here. I mean, this wasn't a Tom Clancy written. But, I mean, Tom Clancy's dead. But, you know, this isn't this isn't a, a deep Cold War thriller like he used to write or whatever. Yeah. yeah. In, in my mind. Um, but it's I still find the story to be quite clever. Yeah, you, 100% you, like, using our big one, you know, this thing that like you like we've done topics in the game over Greg's show, right? This thing that's like a black eye for what our country is and consumerism and capitalism, right? Using it against us. Yeah, we'll I think it's like the money and put it out there and you know, hundreds of thousands of millions are going to touch this. Yeah, it's brilliant. I, I think I think the story's brilliant. I was talking to my dad about it who's obviously, you know, a, a you know, New York native and New York City firefighter. And I was just saying like Manhattan is beautifully realized here and it's quite eerie. Like the, 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 as I've said many times, like the, the Christmas decorations just being there in perpetuity, the weather being wintry and, and you know, New York's really hard. New York's, New York's weather I think is under underestimated. It's not Chicago or Toronto or Boston, but it's got harsh weather. It's fucking hot as balls in the summer and it is cold in the winter and there's nowhere for anyone to go and there's nowhere for anything to go. So like, um, in summer it's hot and it's just fucking scorching hot and in the winter it's just really cold and there's just snow piles everywhere because there's nowhere to put it and yeah um so i think that like the claustrophobia of new york city is really actually quite captured captured quite well in the game um and i don't i don't know that there's a a hidden message and i don't think there has to be it's a scary like terrorist what if yeah it shows you not to get political about how easy it is to do something like this and i don't think it's like easy per se but to put smallpox for instance on a few dollar bills and just pop them into circulation on black friday it's lucky that you know not that you don't want to tempt fade or whatever but that like our 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 creative people are <laughs> way smarter than a lot of the terrorists we deal with because it's like they come up with these like kind of ingenious you know things that was like oh man this is kind of scary and very realistic and yeah why why what's what's happening to stop this from happening mm-hmm. and you almost don't want them to give anyone ideas no, yeah, you, you know what i mean ideas. like but luckily terrorists see stuff like this like ah somebody beat me to it I won't do that. I'll come up with that a better Tom idea. Clancy like a hundred ghostwriter. Um, yeah. So I don't know that there's a hidden consumerist message. I do think we have, I, I mean, I've said before, I think black Friday is an embarrassment. And I also think that um, our consumerist nature is run amok. I believe in the free market. I'm, I'm very much capitalist wholeheartedly, but I do think we have a lot of shame as a country for the way we do things. So maybe there is a hidden message there, but I don't think it's, I don't think, I don't think so. That would be a stupid thing to hide a message in a game that's not really a plot driven anyway. I think it's just it's just something we can all relate to. We've been yeah. in those stores, mm-hmm. right? You understand and you understand what Black Friday is, so you understand how this would spread like that and how sure. scary that is. Like what you're saying. It is one of those scenarios like, holy shit, yeah, that would fuck everything up. Final division question for Tots 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 comes from Fridge one, two, two, three. The fridge? The, not the fridge. What? the refrigerator? Yeah. Perry? Mr. Mr. Perry is not watching the show. Dear Greg and Colin. 
I got the division on day one, played it for a few hours, then a little longer the day after. I can confidently say this is a great game. The story is interesting enough to make me care parentheses, unlike Destiny before the Taken King expansion. Matchmaking couldn't be easier, and customization is simple and awesome. Matchmaking is a pain in the ass when you have a million friends. That's why I'm clearing out my friends list. Remember, follow me on PSN, Game Over Greggy. And then, customization is simple and awesome. No, I, I, this is one of my other gripes on the small scale of it, is that all the characters look hideous. You don't have enough hairstyles for these people when you're building them, and I hate the fact that I can't preview my items, and I wish there was more clothes. But beyond that, it's easy, I guess, at that point. The guns are easy to mod. Mm. That I like. Mm. I feel like I'm getting a bunch of different cool armor and gear stuff. Mm. I just wish there was more visual tweaks to it. Anyways, I could go on, but I digress. My question is this. Do you think, with things seemingly general... Things seeming generally positive for the division will that affect the development of destiny 2 as far as story and gameplay goes thank you guys for being awesome dudes you are p.s i love you fridge one two two three also my psn name i mean i bet destiny's looking at this i don't know if they're immediately taking anything away from it based on the fact that i think destiny you're you know you mentioned the fact you know are they taking something story-wise from this i think destiny knew early on that they needed to fix the story, which is why the Taken King was where it was and why you assume whatever Destiny 2 is or what's next for Destiny will continue to drive home that message of here. This yeah, is a story. I think that with uh, Destiny, the only thing that they're observing with the Division is the huge crater in their player number probably right now. That sure. They probably saw the minute the Division launched and I think that they probably saw a substantial hit. Whether or not that hit is permanent or not, I don't know. Because the Division has legs established. Yeah. Uh, the Division, whether or not it has those legs remains to be seen. I don't think, I don't think, uh, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't think Destiny needs the division to let it know that it fucked up with the story. Yeah, I think that it knew that. I think that they hired writers. I think that they Destiny Two is also well on its way, and I don't know if there's anything they can really change at this point. So you know, substantially from a design standpoint. So I, I I'm sure they're looking at it and they're studying it. But these are two different games. Um, Destiny is way bigger. I still think than the than the division's ever going to be. Interesting. And um, you know, I also think that you know, because first person shooters are I think a little more friendly. Uh, to more casual, and I'm not saying people that play Destiny are casual by any stretch. I'm just saying uh, it, 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 the first-person shooter for the Call of Duty crowd is more familiar. The story was a huge problem. I do agree that the division sets a, a cadence with its its video, its opening video, and it, and it drives story, it drives it all the all the way. Even if you don't really care about the cleaners and all that kind of stuff, like you still there's still a story there. I played Destiny for five, six, seven hours. I had no idea what the fuck was really even going on in the game. So, um, and maybe that would have been the hook I needed to keep me engaged, but it, it wasn't there. So I, I don't know uh, that they need to learn that from the division they know. I think it's more what the division needs to learn from Destiny because everybody I'm playing with, whether it's Fran or somebody else, is talking about the fact of like, this is cool and I like it, but it's not Destiny in the sense of like, there every you know you're just getting guns and cool this one does more damage but you're not getting something like the Galahorn and you're not getting capes that light up or do this when that happens you know what I mean it's just clothes and this and that's oh, cool for mean. right now sorry <laughs> cool for right now <laughs> but it's it. not you know building out this world that needs to be I it, 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 I think it was you know Jeff Gersman over the weekend beat the final mission right and he was talking about his tweets have been like beat this hard mission or whatever, got a better AK, beat this mission, got a better AK, beat the final mission in the game, got a better AK. I don't know what I was expecting kind of thing. You know what I mean? And it's it's one of those where, now you got me thinking about it, which is probably for the best. It's one of those where that's fine, but is that going to be enough to keep people around forever? That's what I'm saying. I, I just don't know that this game, and I said that on Gamescast, and I do stand by that, that I don't know that this game has the legs. Like, I, I just, 
don't know yet. Yeah. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but I, the proof's going to be in the pudding. And, we, exactly. and, and it's not been in the wild long enough. When, yeah, exactly. When when people universally are hitting level 30 and knowing more what that looks like, and then we get the, maybe the first couple content drops, that's when you'll really know. The grind for me to get to level fucking 12 took 15 hours. So I can't, I mean, there are, I see people running around in the hubs with like level 30 and stuff, and I'm like, I have no idea you possibly did this, but. Sure. Um, and I'm, I feel like I'm playing the game quite, quite engaged with right. it. So. But you I, roll I think faster normal, with crews, that's the thing. Sure, but I also think that normal people don't play like that sure sure so i like so that's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna tell the tale number six everquest next the ambitious new mmo from daybreak formerly sony online entertainment has officially been canceled slated for release on ps4 as well as pc notice of the unexpected cancellation came by way of daybreak's president russ shanks who revealed the news in a letter to the audience he said in part quote oop oop got a typo yeah what did you say no quote there. Ugh. I'm writing today to let you know that after much review and consideration, Daybreak is discontinuing development of EverQuest Next. For the past 20 years, EverQuest has been a labor of love. What started as a deep passion of ours as game creators grew into a much larger passion shared by you, millions of players and Daybreakers alike. Watching EverQuest's ability to entertain and bring people together has inspired and humbled us. It shaped our culture and has emboldened us to take aggressive risks with our game ideas and products. When we decided to create the next chapter in the EverQuest journey, we didn't aim low. We set out to make something revolutionary. For those familiar with the internals of game development, you know that cancellations are a reality we must face from time to time. Inherent to the creative process are dreaming big, pushing hard, and being brutally honest with where you land. In the case of EverQuest Next, we accomplished incredible feats that astonished industry insiders. Unfortunately, as we put together the pieces, we found that it wasn't fun. We know you have high standards when it comes to North, and we do too. In final review, we had to face the fact that EverQuest Next would not meet the expectations we and all of you have for the worlds of Norath. End quote. Sad, but cool. It's a cool message. Hey, we played this game and it wasn't fun. Like, why? We're not going to put it out there. We're not going to do the thing where we release a game that isn't great and then try to fix it as we go. I think there's more to this story now that I've thought about it for a while. Lay it on me. What's the the, more? I I think that the the development of an MMO is about a lot of front end investment, but then it's a lot about back end support with your servers and people making add on content, like constantly supporting this game. People still play EverQuest and EverQuest 2. These games are ancient, you know? And uh, when I moved to. Uh, California in 2007 although this was you know and, and I lived with this guy for 2008 like he was still playing EverQuest 2 at that time like every night he had like a phone line that him and his friends would all call into that like just talk to each other this was a while ago but um, so that does have a hardcore audience but I just feel like they looked at it and said like well the, like to me and I, I, I guess I'm biased because I just don't play MMOs MMOs just aren't that fun to be like like in my mind where I'm like they're all the same it's just about like questing and finding shit and like I, I don't understand really what differentiates these games from each other in terms of like the style they're MMOs um, and I'm sure that that's a shallow thing for me to say for, for a lot of people. But to me, I'm like, when I read that statement again, I'm like, do you guys just don't think you can make this work? Like, I, I, I feel like that's more the thing. Like they, they look and they're like, well, wow is still going and it's numbers. But, are it's but it, certainly yeah. they probably have something new in, in line. Um, you see something like, uh, uh, the sky or the uh, elder scrolls online, which is doing pretty well. Final fantasy 14, uh, and then you look at, you know, studios that are failing at NCSoft just had problems with Wildstar and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, well, like, who's going to play this? Like, that, I, I honestly think that was the thing where they were like, we can't support this game. There's too much competition. That's what I talk about with uh, games like Destiny and, and The Division and all these these games that require lots of time and attention. There can only be so many of them. And in the MMO realm where MMO players play MMOs and they play the MMOs they like. Where does EverQuest fit? Exactly. You play the game and you, I think, I think, so I don't know I, that I, it's not fun. I don't know if I believe that that was the reason. That see, the I think, I think you're, but I think you're in line with the same. And I mean, again, we'll never know, but I think you're in line with what they could be saying here, right? 
This game is not fun. It, there is no hook to it. There is no reason you would pick this or deviate from, even though Wildstar has had layoffs, deviate from Wildstar, Guild Wars, uh, yeah, Final Guild Fantasy. Wars like the list goes on. Very, it's a short list that goes on, but uh, like established MMOs that have an audience. And is this one that's not doing anything special out of the gate? We'll say, you know what I mean. Not doesn't have anything that's gonna turn heads when it comes out of the gate. Like, is that even worth going for? And they're like, no, because they know by the time to get whatever they want to get into it to make it fun, quote unquote, it wouldn't be there. Sure. Number seven, Star Wars Battlefront's first substantial piece of DLC, Outer Rim, has been dated and priced via GameStop's website. The DLC will launch on April 5th and will cost $15. According to the DLC's brief description on GameStop's website, you will, quote, fight among the factories of Sullust and battle within Jabba the Hutt's palace on Tatooine in the Star Wars Battlefront Outer Rim digital expansion, end quote. The DLC contains four new maps as well as Ninum and Greedo as playable characters and a new game mode called Extraction. Mm. Don't care. Number eight. Dead Island 2 isn't so dead after all. <gasps> Deep Silver's game, which was seemingly canceled or at least put on ice after developer Jaeger was removed from the project, has been given to a new developer. Sumo Digital, the studio most recently behind Little Big Planet 3 and who has contributed to the likes of Forza Horizon 2, Disney Infinity 3.0, Crackdown 3, and Sonic Dash 2, has taken the game over. Word comes by way of MCV, which confirmed the news and spoke to Coke Media CEO Dr. Clemens Kondratzitz. Coke Media, of course, is the owner of Deep Silver, who noted, quote, Sumo showed so much understanding of the brand, had creative ideas and an excellent vision that was aligned with our own. It just made perfect sense for us to move the project to them. We will reveal more details at a later stage. But for now, I'd like to say that we are obviously super excited about the progress that we are making with them. And quote, Sumo Digital COO Paul Porter said, quote, it's an honor to be charged with the evolution of such an important franchise in Deep Silver's catalog. And he spelled catalog like a British person. We're yeah. looking forward to exceeding fan expectations with an ambitious design that we're confident will take bone crunching visceral zombie action to a whole new level. End quote. That's exciting. It is. Sumo yeah. is coming up. Yeah, exactly. It's what you go through what they've done, and it's fun to see them start branching out a bit more, right? Where they're not just contributing to something. Little Big Planet, I'm sure, was a little bit in that step direction, but it's still, it's like, and it, what Little Big Planet three, a lot of some people liked, but a lot of people didn't. Exactly, and it's it's in it, but that's what happens when you give somebody like all this. I'm sure these assets and this idea of what this is supposed to be. You imagine with Dead Island, it's just like, all right, make an open world RPG with zombies. Sure, you know that's all it needs to be. They scrapped this whole California idea or whatever, and go at it. Number nine. There's a lot of Witcher slash CD Projekt Red news to go over. For starters, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt has shipped nearly 10 million copies, making it a huge hit. That brings CD Projekt Red's Witcher series to 20 million sold. Additionally, the developer is currently planning three games in addition to the substantial Witcher 3 add-on, Blood and Wine, which is set for release this year. As part of their plans for 2016 slide that they did, you know, that they released as part of their financials. The game is playing uh, the studio. I want to correct that. Correct it, please. For the record. The studio is planning to release, quote, a new type of video game format previously unexplored by the studio, unquote. Their plans for 2017 through 2021 include this, the release of Cyberpunk 2077, the long development RPG, as well as an additional AAA RPG in quotes. Mm. Perhaps that's what you're for. That's yeah, what I would so? assume. As for Cyberpunk 2077, the studio said that it needs to be, quote, even better, even bigger, even more revolutionary, end quote, than originally planned because of The Witcher 3 success. And that the game is still, quote, a long ways away, end quote, from being released and that they have, quote, a lot of work to do, end quote, to make it a, quote, truly outstanding game. End quote. I saw you do this. Do you think they're going to release a VR headset? No. Or a just, VR headset. A VR game? It's, no. I have no idea what it is, but it's just your jump to conclusions on your jump to conclusions, Matt. Right. A new kind of game. A new new thing. A new platform. Is that what they said? Yeah. A new... Let's see. A new type of video game format previously unexplored mm-hmm. by the studio. Now, not no, to make, I'm not trying to make fun of anyone, but they are Polish and this could be an awkward English translation as well, like could, format. Maybe it's a kart racer. But what does that mean for a new type of format? I don't know what that means. Floppy disk. Yeah, they're going to put it on three and three-fourth inch. Yeah, exactly. Hard disks. 
So we'll see. Congratulations to them. Lot Remember of when the real like floppy disks with the big ones five and, and a quarter inch? Yeah. yeah, and you turn them over. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that. Then these also floppy disks can also mean these little guys. Yeah, that's not what they're called. Three and three fourth inch. I don't like that one bit. And then you had zip drive, zip disks, mm, and and disc? and uh, what was the other zip drive? Mini disk was a big one. I Mini disk was the Sony one, but there was a zip and there was a even bigger one. Hold on. I want to look this up. Look I had up. I had a zip drive. I Omega. I had a zip drive. 100 megabytes. It was like oh man. I remember when I, yeah, I remember when I got a 128 meg stick USB stick. I was like holy jeez. Had to buy it for college. Why can't I remember what this is called? Yeah, I was so excited when I got a zip drive. Like I remember when that, that was like a legit thing when it was like you know you, my course requirements for magazine or no magazine layout in college at Mizzou when I had to get a 128 meg stick and I was like oh my goodness this is the future this is what I always wanted. All the contents of my hard drive on one stick. I guess I can't find it. Maybe I'm just making it up. Maybe you are. Wouldn't be the first time. Jazz. That's what it was. Never heard of that one. That was like two gigabytes. They're like gigabyte discs. Jazz drives. Okay. Number 11. Oh, jazz drives. That does sound familiar. The second of three episodes in The Walking Dead Michonne has a release date. The episode entitled Give No Shelter will launch on March 29th. Good. Which you're excited about. Crazy that it's actually happening so quickly. Yeah. Telltale trying to be not Telltale. Yeah. Number 11, Platinum Games upcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games Mutants in Manhattan has a release date. It will come to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 3, as well as Xbox One, Xbox 360, and PC on May 24th. Interesting. I'm I'm interested in that game. I am too. Valkyrie number 12, Valkyrie Chronicles Remastered, which is headed exclusively to PlayStation 4, officially has a release date. It will it will launch in North America and Europe digitally and physically on May 17th. The game will cost $29.99, and special editions will be available in both regions. The remaster contains all DLC released for the game, as well as a full set of trophies. Fuck yes. Number 13. Oh, God, yeah. Is PlayStation 4 store getting a redesign? It sure looks like it. Twitter user named NoteWise posted pictures to Twitter as he apparently ran into the store to redesign in the wild while browsing the digital store. The look of the screens provided are much cleaner than the screen than the way the store looks right now. Whether or not this was done as a brief test or something prematurely launched or something that is part of the upcoming firmware 3.50 rollout. Remains to be seen. But all you guys I can want, look all that up if you want to see it. All I want is a full keyboard for ser- ser- uh, typing in a search thing. Instead of going an, S. And then it's like scroll down. It's obnoxious. U. And then there's scroll just some, down and There's P. just things where I'm like, why did you do this? Like, who told you this was a good idea? Number 14. PlayStation View is about to launch across the United States. Sony's TV streaming service, which has been running in select test markets, will be headed to 203 new markets. There are three pricing models, Access, Core, and Elite. Access will cost $29.99 a month and include 55-plus channels. Core will cost $34.99 a month and include 70-plus channels. Elite will cost $44.99 and include 100-plus channels. So you can check that out if you want. There you go, Trevor Starkey, who I believe I laughed out of the room once when he asked about that. Remember that when he was like, I know a lot of people are excited about this. What about PlayStation View? (laughs) What about it? Number 15, Wrap up. Wrap it up. Score centric shooter tracker comes to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita later in 2016. And props to them because they gave us a shout out in their blog post. Yeah. Cat simulator cat lateral damage comes to PS4. Yeah. On March 22nd. Old school style RPG Dragon Fantasy The Black Tome of Ice comes to PS4 on March 22nd. This is an updated version and fixed version of Dragon Fantasy Book 2 that was on PS3 and Vita. Sci-fi action adventure game Divide comes to PS4 at some point later in 2016. Plot-driven puzzle game The Magic Circle Gold Edition comes to PS4 on May 10th. Rhythm slash action game Thumper is coming to PSVR later in 2016. The Quirky Worms WMD is coming to PS4 later on in 2016. Fast-paced action game Fury is coming to PS4 sometime in 2016. The bizarre game where everything is a playable character, everything, comes to PS4 in the future, in quotes. Good, good. 
Hitman's disc-based release has been delayed until 2017. The reimagined Amplitude will finally be coming to PlayStation 3 as promised this April. Uh, it came to PS4 at the very beginning of the year. Yeah. And finally, the third chapter in the all-new King's Quest, Once Upon a Climb, will launch on PS4 and PS3 on April 26th. And that is it for Roper's Report. Colin. Yes. I can't wait for Cat Simulator. But if I wanted to know what came to Mom and Grop Digital Shops, where would I go? You go to the list of upcoming PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, sometimes PSP software by the kind of funny co-founder. <laughs> Let's go through this. No. Starting with... Aegis of Earth Proto Novus Assault comes to PS4, PS3, and PS Vita digitally and retail. It says Aegis of Earth Proto Novus Assault is a frenetic and explosive new spin on action strategy gaming. Plan out and build up your defenses as hordes of hulking monstrosities bombard your heavily fortified city in an attempt to wipe you off of the earth. We're good. Oh, okay. Arcade Archives Bubble Bobble comes to PS4 digitally. Bubble Bobble is an action game that was released by Taito in 1986. Players control the twin bubble dragons that are called Bubblin and Boblin. And traveled through 100 different stages. Okay. The game became popular and led to a long series of sequels and spinoffs. Bubble Bobble is a great game. Whether or not this version of it is going to be any good, I don't know. Is it just a classic game? It's what it looks like. Yeah. It'll be fine then. Candlelight comes to PS4 digitally. After a mysterious entity extinguishes all the candles in the land, a lone <gasps> surviving candle sets out the most important adventure to bring that light back to the land. Okay. Degeneration HD comes to PS4. Degeneration X. Digitally. A virus has escaped at Genoch HQ in London, and Derrida, the lead scientist at Genoch, has asked you to help save the day. Degeneration was a popular isometric puzzle game written in 1991 by Robert Cook. Degeneration HD has been recreated from the original source code and contains all the original features and puzzles, but in glorious HD. Whoa. EA Sports UFC 2 comes to PS4 digital and retail. Look that you were having a stroke. Just yawn in there. Got me. EA Sports UFC 2 is the complete fighting experience you have been waiting for. With a bigger roster of fighters, stunning character visuals, and a revolutionary new knockout physics system, finishing the fight has never been more real and satisfying. Finish the fight. Joe Dever's Lone Wolf Console Edition comes to PS4 Digital. This comes out the 16th, so this is a Wednesday release. It says Lone Wolf, the fantasy fiction RPG game book classic by Joe Dever, is a reimagined for a new generation with a brand new story, deep combat system, stunning graphics, and much more. Make meaningful choices and carve your own path through this epic non-linear adventure. Murasaki Mist Akara's Journey comes to Vita digitally. It says, accompany Akara in a long journey that will take her to the deep bowels of hell itself. Gameplay is fast-paced with many monsters and demons offering a frenetic challenge while the player hacks his way through. Paragon comes to early access. Hey! PS4 Digital opens March 18th for Founders. Paragon is a MOBA from Epic Games that puts you in the fight with explosive action, direct third-person control, and deep strategic choice. It's a game for nerds. Colin, you are undefeated at MOBAs. Are you going to play Paragon? No, not a prayer. Okay. Salt and Sanctuary comes there to PS4 Digital. This game looks fucking awesome. A doomed sailor is shipwrecked and on an... A, a doomed sailor is shipwrecked on an uncharted island. In fog-shrouded valleys where grinning, mossy corpses cling to rusted arms, shambling figures begin to stir. Salt and Sanctuary combines fast, brutal 2D combat with richly developed RPG mechanics. Explore a cursed realm of forgotten cities, blood-soaked dungeons, desecrated monuments, and a fallen lord. I'm sorry, and the Fallen Lords they once celebrated. Game looks really good. Yeah. Just want to reiterate that. Samurai Warriors 4 Empires comes to PS4, PS3, and Vita Digital. The PS4 version will also be a retail. Samurai Warriors 4 Empires provides an alternative take on the events depicted in Samurai Warriors 4, which is what I've been always looking for. <laughs> Using the historical landscape as a setting for an exciting strategy-focused game. Players have the opportunity to create their own characters to serve in the lower ranks of the army, gradually rising through the ranks to eventually rule the entire land through their conquests. Sebastian Loeb Rally Evo or EVO. I don't know if you say that, how you say that. PS4 Digital 
says 58 car models from legends of the past to the modern era more than 186 miles of real tracks and a game mode fully dedicated to celebrating the successes of the nine-time rally champion sebastian Loeb. what are you waiting for experience real rally i won't Oh, God. Senran Kagura Estival Versus comes to PS4 and Vita, digital and retail. Says a a mystical phenomenon transports the shapely shinobi of the titular series to a parallel dimension to face off against their rivals in a new kind of battle. In this strange but sunny island paradise, the girls find themselves face to face with their departed loved ones. Can they bear to part from them for a second time? Senran Kagura Estival Versus boasts more moves, more story, more attitude, and more destruction. And more other things, I'm sure, as well. (laughs) sheltered comes to ps4 digital damn it's a big week sheltered is a deep and emotional survival and post-apocalyptic disaster management game after a global apocalypse a frightened family finds its way to a deserted shelter you take on the role of protecting four family members their well-being and survival is your responsibility one mistake one bad decision and a loved one is gone forever that sounds pretty cool and finally tetrobot and co comes to ps4 digital Help Maya guide psychobot through tetrobots cogs and circuits by swallowing blocks of matter and spitting them out we can repair anything Learn how pipes, lasers, fans, and other electronic devices work. Learn how to alter the chemical properties of slime and collect all the memory blocks that you find on the way. <sighs> Gotta get that chemical imbalanced slime out of there. That's it. Get right in there. Change the bits and bobs. Mm-hmm. Their molecules, their atoms. That's all we have. Eh, not, a, not a great week. Salt and Sanctuary. Salt and Sanctuary. Awesome. That seems like the clear standout. UFC if you're into that kind and of that stuff. And that's survival that game about being in the fallout shelter. Yeah, but did you ever play uh, this War of Mine? No, I don't think so. Similar idea. Oh, that was the one that just came out not too long ago. Yeah, the, that was a World War Two game, though, wasn't it? It was a war game. I don't know. Oh, if it, okay. I don't. I mean, I think it's modern. I think it's like oh, you're okay. supposed to be in a Eastern European country while some stuffs happened. Okay, while while it's popping off, while it's going down. You know what I'm saying? Fair enough. Yeah. You understand? You know what I'm laying down? Yeah, gotcha. Well, I'm clear. Colin, it's time for trophy time. If you didn't know, this is a segment where we talk about trophies. Colin runs you through what trophies are new, and we answer questions about trophies. And this week, it's brought to you by Harry's.com, guys. Everybody knows good things come in sets of three. What does that have to do with anything? Well, get this. March is the third month of the year, and it happens to be our friends over at Harry's third year anniversary as a business. And if you're new to Harry's, I've got a special deal for you to try three of their expertly crafted five-blade German razors, a handle, and shave cream for just 10 bucks. Harry's doesn't like to do discounts because their prices are already so low, but we've worked out a special offer for you guys. Harry's. We'll give you $5 off your first order with promo code PS. Stop overpaying for a great shave. Go to harrys.com right now. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Enter code PS at checkout. Colin, what do you got for me in the way of trophies this week? Uh, We have three games I want to go over. So one of them was the Whitetail Challenge that we did last, oh, yeah. last week. Is this, does it have a platinum? It does. And what I wanted to go over it was that it has six game owners and five platinum achievers. So this seems like it could be an easy platinum. The platinum on PSN profiles, not that it's all inclusive because it's only people that are tracking themselves on the site. 83.3% have the platinum. Okay. Read uh, me some of these trophies. Any of them getting harder? First flashlight found. First medicine kit found. First rations found. First ammo found. First buck tag found. All silver. First coyote harvest. <laughs> first doe harvest. First buck harvest with a shotgun. And then with the AR-15. And then access to the Alpine Forest, Alp, access to Winter Woods, access to Bushlands, access to Cypress Swamp, all gold. Harvest the legendary buck, gold. So, not a very... And the game's out last week, so it's already out. Mm -hmm. Is there a forum thread for it going on PSN profiles? Let me look. Because that'll have the whole thing here. 
The only thing on here says beware, same developer as World Hunter. <laughs> uh, Alright, and then uh, Shelter to the game I just talked about. Um, looks like it has an interesting trophy list. Survive a week, survive 100 days, travel 100 miles, so you're traveling around a map. Travel 500 miles, 1,000 miles, search for 200 locations, craft your first object. Uh, trap an animal on the shelter uh, on the shelter surface, etc. Take the RV out on an expedition. Fend off a breach by killing each intruder, etc. This game intrigues me. I think I want to look into this game. And finally, Salt and Sanctuary trophies um, seem to be pretty achievable. Defeat the Sod Knight. Defeat the Queen of Slime. So there's a bunch of those trophies. Defe- like there's probably almost half the list is defeating enemies. Yeah. Um, and then it says achieve the maximum upgrade level of weapons, achieve the maximum devotion level in your creed, take an oath to the order of the betrayer, take an oath to the house of splendor. So, so a bunch of oaths, bear all possible brands, discover your first brand, aid in unra- un- unraveling sorcerer. So it seems like there's, it seems like a pretty achievable list for Salt and Sanctuary. So not, nothing too glamorous, but those are the three games that I wanted to go over. How are you feeling about division trophies? They're good. I have to, I mean, I'm getting them. Yeah. Um, as I go, but uh, you have to go into the dark zone and you have to like play with people. So I don't know that I'm gonna get them. Get the sure. platinum. I don't know that I would play it long enough to get the platinum. Mm-mm. It's it's early. I still hold out the belief that I might platinum the division. The problem it's gonna be is like there's one. I think it's we'd have we could look it up. I guess, but I think it's uh get twenty rogue agents. Take care of twenty rogue agents. There's a certain number of rogue agents I have right. to kill. Which maybe if I can if I can if we can trick the system, go in there with Fran or somebody. Have him go rogue, shoot him in the head, do that twenty times or whatever. Okay, sure. But otherwise, that's gonna be a bitch. It seems like to get. <sighs> but I, I don't see anything that's gonna keep me other than that. Uh, we have one question for trophy time, Colin. It comes from Milo. I'm sorry, V Milo Pearson, who wrote in kindoffunny.com slash psq, just like you can to be part of the show. He says, "Hey guys, quick trophy time question. What do you all think is the most egregious platinum snub?" I think that it's Child of Light. It's a pretty substantial game. I got all the trophies anyway because the game is excellent, but I find it confounding that the game was not deemed worthy of a platinum. Cheers, Milo Pearson. P.S. Jeff has a urinary problem. Um, Yeah, I understand what you're saying here, Milo. What What are the games that don't have platinums that offend us? Immediately, I think, recently, Gone Home. Gone Home should have had a platinum trophy. I don't know if I agree with it you. It should have, yes. It Why, was a game, game of importance. Here's the thing, is that it's broken. It's broken. The, it used to be that digital games don't get platinum trophies, right? That was the call from PlayStation. Yeah. Then that wall fell down, and now if Taco Master has a platinum, Gone Home should have a platinum. Oh, I agree. I don't disagree with you there. Okay. But I do think that not all games... Taco Master shouldn't have had a platinum, and... Uh, it's a good way to sell games. Yeah, but it out uh, gone home with a platinum. It's like, what do you, what can you possibly do in that game? I think, I think, I still think when you see a game that doesn't have a, a platinum trophy, it doesn't seem like it's a real game. It's the same thing with like Ground Zeroes for Metal Gear, right? Well, then it's kind of like a demo or whatever. What am I doing with it? And that's the other. I mean, like the fact that Ground Zeroes doesn't have a platinum is weird. That's another game that is hours and hours of your time to yeah, play that, through. That was a weird. I'm look, I'm not. I'm, I'm just looking through my list of games. No, I understand. Another one for me that stands out, which is weird because it's gone backwards, is uh, Walking Dead season two. Walking Dead season one had a platinum, but Walking Dead season two yeah, didn't. That's, that's Walking a good Dead one. Michonne doesn't. It's like wait, I would what's say that? that as well. Yeah, yeah. It's like well, I don't understand why this is suddenly all effed up on this front. Yeah, just because they don't care. It's it's not that here's the thing. Well, I guess it is that I don't think it's that they don't care. I think it's that they hit that first gatekeeper who replies back. No, it's it's got to be this way because and it's the same way. I feel Kojima or Walking Dead or whoever. They're just like, all right, cool. We're making games. We don't really give a shit about this. We're trying to get this but game. Someone done to hit has this point to tell them at some point. Like, That's this, our job. This is this matters. Yeah. 
a good trophy list matters. That's why I'm so excited to see Uncharted 4 because I'm like, are you going to fuck this up again? You can't possibly be fucking this up again. Uh, I bet they are, as I've already said. I, I do remember, say they're going to. I remember, I remember like a while ago we met the guy. I, I, I can't remember the gentleman's name, the guy who worked at like was like responsible for the last of us trophies and he's like yeah i didn't like that was funny i'm like there's nothing funny or good about that list i'm sorry to have to tell you that like, baronza <laughs> wrote in the kind of funny.com slash psq just like you can and says got a question from my boy colin mm. colin on last week's podcast you reaffirmed your hatred for the trophies of the last of us i've heard they you suck i've heard you state this a few times over the years but i can't recall if you've ever gone in depth as to what you exactly despise about the trophies my take is that I believe Naughty Dog was mostly smart in their decision to make the trophy list small and somewhat tough. Every single item you collect in The Last of Us is precious, especially in survival mode, and I believe the trophies similarly reflect that. Constantly scrounging for a single bullet or glass shard is a chore, and the trophies you get for upgrading Joel's weapons and abilities should reflect that. Where I think Naughty Dog stumbled is in having to complete the game three times to get the Survivor Plus mode trophy. And, though the online game is a lot of fun, I would have been fine with one gold trophy for completing either as a Firefly or Hunter, and then gone on with my life. Otherwise, it's my opinion that Naughty Dog put a lot of thought into The Last of Us trophies, as opposed to Uncharted's Uncharted style, kill everything with every gun slash grenade slash fist trophy list. Would love a classic in-depth analysis from my boy, nay, America's boy, Colin Moriarty. I mean, that you named it. It's like you have to beat the game at least three times. You can you can go through. The, you, it could take you more than that to get all the trophies in The Last of Us if you don't do it right, and you don't start with the intent of getting the platinum from the very beginning, which a lot of people wouldn't because the trophies are hidden and yeah. uh, some of them are. And um, you know, you don't want to necessarily care about the trophies your first playthrough. Like it's just the repetition in getting the trophies in that game. It's just it sucks. Like the, the trophy list just sucks. I have no problem with difficult trophies. I, I have to talk about Bioshock's trophy list being really hard but really fair. Um, I just think that much more thought needs to be put in it. And I just think that the last of us's trophies were the rest of us trophies were worse than Uncharted's because at least Uncharted's are consistent and they make sense in some respect. But like, this is like garbage. This list was garbage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I stand by that. No, like, I agree. I beat the last of us and I enjoyed the last of us. But when it popped like two trophies or whatever, I was just like, well, and I looked at the list. And I'm like, no, I'm never going to go back and do all that stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't want to play the game that way, especially a game. I love that much. You know what I mean? There's a middle ground. Like, you know, the, the order 1886 is a good example of a bad trophy list because it was too easy. Mm-hmm. So there is there is a there is a middle ground to be found. It's just uh, they have to find it. Yeah. But to your point, no, Uncharted 4 is not going to change anything. Uncharted yeah, 4 I is going to so. be the un- you don't come into the fourth game and blow up the trophy list. Tradition, Colin. We'll Tradition, see. Colin. We'll see. I hope that they, they do. We'll see soon enough, I'm sure. Yeah. Not too soon. I Let's hope. jump in to reader mail. Melotov cocktail. Mail order bride. Uh, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ to have your question read on the show. And why don't we just start with what we're already talking about? DeMoffitt says, two of my favorite people, Greg and Colin, is Uncharted 4 going to fill my gaming void? Nothing has really been that exciting to me in terms of more recent games that have come out. I just beat the Dying Light expansion, and now I'm back to being bored and fantasizing about Uncharted 4. Is there any way you guys could... Any guys, you would look at my trophies to see if there are any serious omissions games. I should, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. Do you think it's going to fill the void for him, though? This sure, it will for a weekend, and then you'll blaze through it. And then if you don't like the online, then you're going to be bad bored. You again. should know if you like the online by now. This is their third time at it. You know you like Uncharted multiplayer if you're going to play it. I see myself playing that for a weekend. You know what I mean? Screwing around with that, shooting around, getting my AK. I know what you mean. Getting my perks, being Elena. I know what you mean. Having her be all cute, running around doing stuff. But yeah, I don't. The uh, the more interesting point is here. I feel like he's 
doing what you always talk about being up games ass yeah like I don't, okay, you, you don't need to be playing stuff if you're bored with games yeah just you don't do have something to sit else. around and do yeah you can i didn't play games for a while and i was reinvigorated and i like came back and i'm excited about them again now there's a bunch of games i want to play so give yourself a little space do something else doesn't make you any less of a gamer no in fact I, mean, I think it makes you less of a gamer if you feel like you have to play games true then it's a chore then you're a slave to games colin and i am no slave aren't you no i saw this dog running I'm around this weekend man. Oh, Lola. Yeah. Yeah. I love her. She has my heart. The one and only Ken Kudaragi submitted a question via kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, what's up, guys? Hey, Ken. It is, now, <laughs> it is now pretty much clear that there is not going to be a Vita successor. What do you think will happen to all the Vita and PSP games on the PlayStation Store once the hardware is discontinued? Will all the games just disappear, or do you think we'll be able to play 480 by 272 PSP games on our 4K TVs in 10 years through emulation or streaming? Same goes for PS3 games. As far as I understand, PS4 is not powerful enough to emulate PS3, and PS5 may be as well. So... What will happen to all our PS3 games on the store once PS3 software is or hardware is no more? PS Now sure does not seem to be taken off. It seems this is going to be the first occasion when a console goes away, but its games stay. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, that, well, first of all, PS4 is definitely capable of emulating PS3. It's they powerful just, they enough. Just, it's they just, just that sell thing, and it's they all just, complicated. And they're not going to do it. Um, or and then I don't think it's a big deal. People that make a big deal out of this, I just, I don't, I don't get it. It's, um, it's, I don't think it's a big deal either, but I remember... I remember that being weird. Remember, because it was one of those things leading up to it. When we're talking about PlayStation 4, it seemed like such a no-brainer that my digital version of Journey would work on the digital successor to the PlayStation 3. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, but it also doesn't. I mean, it's it's the, the architecture is different, making the networks talk to each other. They're diff, you know, they're, they're running different versions of PlayStation Network. We know and, all that now. I'm just yeah, saying back then. Yeah, sure. Um, and... I just don't think it's a big deal. And of course it's a, it's obvious from a market demand reason. Like they can sell these games again and then they have PS now and Gaikai and all that kind of stuff. They can make these re, these collections and all this stuff. There, there's, a, there's some sort of market imperative to not make your console backwards compatible, which is why Microsoft did do it because they needed some goodwill. And I think that was a huge announcement for them at E3. And I think, you know, bravo to them for that. I just don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, my suspicion, I have two suspicions. One is that the PSP and Vita store will remain online in perpetuity. They're, they're going to start running into licensing problems. This hardware is going to start being irrelevant. I don't think it's going to exist in 15 years or something like that. But I think that like when the Vita is discontinued, they're not going to shut it all down. They can make a little money, like often very minimal upkeep. It's just a matter of if the licensees want to keep their games on this uh, network for long. Uh, the other thing is that I think that eventually you probably will be able to play these games on maybe not PS4, but something else on PC or something like I, I you know, Sony's obviously more comfortable now making, you know, PC is going to run uh, remote play with PS4 on mm. update 3.5. So I think that you'll you'll have some sort of digital solution, I think. Otherwise, these games do go away forever. And, and that would be sad. A lot of them do. Some of them are hard copies. But sure. um, UMDs. Yeah. Universal. Or, they play or, or, Vita, or Vita cards. So it's it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I don't think that I think like 2020, even 2025, I think the Vita store may still exist. You know, like mm. what do they have to do to keep it up? Like nothing. It's just money. And then it, once in a while something breaks and you just send an engineer to go fix it. Yeah, that'll be the more interesting thing of how many links are dead. They go nowhere. Mm. But yeah, it's a fascinating question. I do imagine when Vita is all said and done, when PS3 is all said and done, that yeah, you figure out a way to emulate, open up a Wii mode, you know what I mean, where you can get to those games and get in there and mm. download and buy again. Because why not? And if they are already there, don't you want that library? That's the one thing PC game ha- gaming has going for it on top of, you know, it's it's the ease of use in terms of like everything plays everywhere. You don't have to worry about it. Sure. You have this giant library. 
you'd like that on PlayStation. I'm sure PlayStation would like you to have that. Sure. I don't know if they're seeing anybody demand that, though, based right now on their PlayStation 3 library. Really going forward, I feel like, is where the digital step is taking off, right? It's kind of like we think about the fact of online gaming being this big thing on PlayStation 3 as far as like the launch pad, but there was SOCOM on PS2. There were other games on PS2. It's just nobody's clamoring saying that's what it was. Here's where it really matters. Just like here's where digital really matters probably. Yeah. We'll see how it all shakes out. I think PC is going to be a good solution. I think you're right. Danganronpa and Danganronpa 2. Well, Danganronpa's already out. Danganronpa 2 is going to launch on Steam soon. I think a lot of these especially Japanese publishers are starting to send their stuff to Steam. You're seeing the same thing with Falcom doing stuff with uh, the East games and uh, Legend of Heroes. So, uh, that might be a, yeah, a different kind of solution. But I just don't believe that they're just going to like suspend the network. Turn the lights off. Yeah. That just doesn't make any sense. Close to out the servers. Yeah. yeah. They, they shut servers down for multiplayer games because they make no money. But this thing can sit here for years and probably make enough money to justify its existence. Stephen O'Dell went to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, hello, Greg and Colin. Hello. The E3 discussion in the most recent episode was interesting to hear, and I agree that the likes of EA and Activision not having their booths at this year, this year is telling. E3, as we know it now, may not be that way for long. But the conversation was from a business and or press side. So I was wondering, how do you two feel it affects the audience of a show like E3? One of the reasons I love E3 Week is because it always feels like the gaming community as a collective whole comes together to celebrate and revel in anything and everything video games. Like, it's the most visible example of our passions. Players, developers, publishers, PR, press, all of us for the medium. Sure, there's snark and derision. Derision, I think. Thank you. All over the internet during the week. As with every other week then. Uh, But generally speaking, I do feel that there is a sense that we are all in it together, that this is our moment of the year. If E3 is indeed changing and its relevance is in decline, how significant do you two think it is to lose a sense of passion or camaraderie between all of us? We do have other trade shows and conventions that can fill the gap to an extent, but at the same time, they aren't as visible in the way E3 is visible. E3 is our Oscars, our Super Bowl, our big event that everyone knows about. I'd really be curious to hear your thoughts on this. EA and Activision may not need E3 anymore, but do we as fans collectively still need it? Thanks, Stephen O'Dell. Uh, I can see what he's saying. I mean, I, when I was a kid, you know, in the, you know, a teenager in the 90s, I'd pour over magazines that I got, obviously, but the internet, like during E3, I was like, that was a game it. changer yeah. when the, we had the internet and E3 was happening. Because, yeah, it was magazines. You'd get a fat EGM and see all these previews or whatever. But when it finally became like you were getting updates from IGN every hour, every 15 minutes, like, holy crap. Yeah, it was awesome. I, so I, I remember those days. I think that this was my. 10th e3 this last year and i feel like i can never go to e3 again and be totally fine with that i think that like e3 is soul crushing when you go and you have to work it and so it's definitely jaded me to the experience of going to really any trade show anymore because i'm just like this isn't fun when you have to be there Mm -hmm. like i i find like i loved psx this year for instance like going and just going to our conference but otherwise really not being there at all and watching the press conference uh online and all that kind of stuff this is great like, I don't have to be there. I don't have to do anything. This is the experience that I want. We we didn't have that back in the day in the 90s and, and until 2005, 2006. No one was streaming shit. So it was... Uh, so I, I don't know that we need it because I think the alcoves of gaming have always existed and those alcoves kind of support each other. When I was younger, it was IRC and and uh, GameFAQs and all that kind of stuff. Now it's YouTube and Twitch. and um, So I don't know if we have to like all kind of come together and get into the marketing bullshit that E3 really kind of has become and maybe always has been. It always has been. Um, 
I just don't want to succumb to that. I think it's fine to be excited. I just think that is like nerd culture. Um, and I will only exist in the gaming vertical of nerd culture, really like in a hardcore kind of way in a substantial kind of way. I think that we really would do wise to be skeptical of this shit and like let the games come and play them and experience them and wait for people to be critical of these things and not like buy the hype. I think that that's, that's becoming an increasing problem for me when I see people getting excited about this movie trailer, this TV show. It's like, just stop buying into this shit until like you know it's if it's good or bad because like we are always disappointed we find ourselves disappointed constantly and as i said i think on the games cast last week when we were talking about which will go up concurrent i think to this episode of ps i love you when i was saying we as gamers have expectations that things are gonna get better and better and better and intrigue us and we we're a very snarky bunch and we're very hard to please sarcastic but, and sarcastic but we have a lot of blame to carry on our own shoulders because we hype this shit up firewatch is a great example and i talked about that i was like everyone everyone thought firewatch was gonna be this fucking amazing game there's no reason to think that that was gonna be an amazing game like like literally no reason to think that, that was gonna be an amazing game we just saw it we saw always working on it. The developers never said, oh, like this is going to be a fucking game changing narrative experience. They didn't, no one ever said anything. We we're just like we were like in our minds like Firewatch is going to be awesome. Yeah. And the guys who did Walking Dead, Breaking Out, Ollie Moss, yeah. all these people coming together to make this narrative. And game. it was OK. And like everyone's like, Duh. even me, I was like, Fuck. like, why wasn't Firewatch good? And then I thought about it. I'm like, no one told me Firewatch is going to be good. I told myself Firewatch was going to be good. Sure. And so I think that E3 is indicative of this stuff where it's like, look, 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 look. And it's fun. The conferences are fun and it's exciting to see what they're going to do. But I also think that we would do wise to back away from that shit. That's the shit that gets us fucking season passes that don't deliver. That's the stuff that gets us, uh, you know, buying, you know, pre-ordering games that are garbage and all this kind of stuff. Like we just buy into the hype too much. And I think E3 has become very symbolic of that as time has gone on of maybe it would be wise. Maybe it'd be better if E3 just fucking went away, you know, and then we can like look at games but you're but even that, that I don't think that's at the core of what he's saying or even what you say. Right. Because when you're talking about it last week, when we were talking about E3 going away, you're talking about people going away to speak to their audience. Yeah. They you're still going to get the same marketing bullshit and exciting season pass stuff. And da, 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 da. sure. But at least you're not exposed. That's true. But you're not exposed to the bullshit. You don't even really care about to begin with. Like Sony can bullshit me all they want. I can see through their bullshit, but they, I'm interested in what the bullshit is that they have to pedal. But I don't really care about Nintendo's bullshit. Mm. You know, what I mean, I don't really care about. Ubisoft's bullshit or anyone like that so it's to me it's like let me pick and choose my bullshit and I guess I can do that at E3 but what I'm saying is like it's just a maelstrom of just marketing speak same thing with Gamescom same thing with Tokyo Game Show and all these you know even Comic-Con and all these kinds of things all the same like I find I kind of I don't want to say it's predatory because I don't think it's that at all but I think it's it's um kind of gotten to the point of a little bit of being a little shameless and like I, I just and to me it's it's like Show me the game and let's talk about the game. Let's like Final Fantasy 15 is a great example. This game was introduced at E3 in 2006. I was in college. Yeah. When this game was revealed, I was a junior. And I remember I wasn't even a senior. I was a fucking junior <laughs> in college. And, uh, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, E3 is fun and it gets you excited. And I remember being so excited when I went, went to my first E3 in 2004 and and being exposed to it and going to the conferences for the first time and stuff. And there is an excitement and a, and a love of games that we all share. I just feel like there's such a sentiment these days with gamers that we're getting the short end of the stick, that we're not getting the, the bang for the buck that we want, that we're being lied to about certain things or things aren't being delivered or whatever. Well, I'm like, well, do something about it. Like They're not going to stop. They're going to keep marketing and pushing the shit down and shoving it down your throat until you tell them to stop. And maybe E3 is a good place to start. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I disagree. I mean, I don't want it to go away. I mean, it, it, what to what he's saying here in his point, right? I mean, his whole point is the fact of like for Stephen, what happens to the audience. I like the fact that yeah, traditionally I don't. I'm not when a Nintendo Direct pops up. I'm like awesome. I'll ca- I'll catch it later because it's about maybe there's gonna be one thing in there I care about, and then the rest will be about some Japanese game or whatever they're doing on this thing or the other. I'll read about it later. Whereas E3 is the one time I feel like we all come together where it's like you put down not your prejudice in terms of like what you're going to be snarky and shitty about on the internet, but you're going to sit there and you're going to listen to everybody. And it's kind of like you get a briefing for the year from everyone. Now, granted, if you were to spread out, there's things happening on the PlayStation blog every day. Things happening on Xbox every day. There's all these Nintendo Directs. There's all these indie developers. E3 doesn't give you a real visual handle or real handle on what's happening in industry for the calendar year but it does in terms of like here are our tent poles here are the biggest things that are happening from the biggest developers we have on staff or, or that are doing these things that i like and i do like that conversation i'm with him that i feel like in terms of the oscars i do feel like and i'm not just you know because i'm trending gamer i feel like the game awards is up getting up there in terms of that being an event in terms of like i don't think e3 is our oscars i think that's probably e3 is more of our super bowl whereas the oscars are the game awards and i think you know again maybe it's a different thing for me this year but every year it does seem like that show gets bigger and bigger and more and more people care about it and everyone is sitting there talking about it on that day i digress on that front i do feel though that e3 is this community event where it's awesome like i still don't get me wrong e3 is a lot of work but i'm I'm never the guy who's like oh I hate E3. I don't want to go to E3, right? I, I like going E3. I think, oh, man, it's going to be a lot of work this year, a lot of late nights and this, that, and the other. But I do totally fucking get that excitement, and I love watching those conferences and seeing what's about to happen. And, yeah, sure, it's a marketing BS, but everything's marketing BS. Until we sit down and play a final version of a game, everything is marketing BS, period. There's no... There's no journalism ethics they need to give of this is what we have to say and this is how it's got to be and you're, you're, we'll let you play this thing in a, in a totally normal environment. Here's your disc. Da, da, da. Even when you get a debug copy of a game, it's not the real game. So what the hell's going on? I'm not as negative on it or down on it. I do love E3. I think it, even if E3 fell away, the problem becomes that to what Steven's talking about. E3 falls away, and yeah, there's a PAX, and there's Tokyo, and there's Gamescom, and this, but like... PAX is such a more authentic show. And Yeah, true. I, I 100%, because it's fans. All, all PAX is his fans, and that's why PAX is awesome, but it's also like, developers don't make a lot of announcements there usually, unless they are like Gearbox, or some, a, a developer slash publisher that's totally in tune with their audience. Usually that's where you see like an MMO or a MOBA doing something outside of the norm for their fans. But none of those shows have that this is the event and like you're, what you're talking about is maybe we get more and more closer to a PSX and an Xbox thing and a Nintendo thing. And those become the real consumer driven things. If E3 were to fall away where you'd have more fans there, but even those I feel are even more markety than E3 because yeah. you go to PSX and it's not like you're going to have a, a, an open frank discussion on stage about everything that Sony fucked up this year. Right? Sure. Yeah, I guess. So I'm of two minds with going to E3 where I'm like, well, I'd never want to go to E3 again, but I, Go to E3 because so you don't have to. You know what I mean? Like that's so to me. I'm like, well, I'm doing you a service because what's your job? Yeah. Yeah, sure, but I'm well. It's not. I mean, like we're we're commentators and we play games and we do our podcast and stuff. It's not really my job to go to E3. It was my job to go to E3 at IGN. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to me, it's like, well, I do this because I know you want me to do it, and so it's what I do. But I don't have a passion for these trade shows, and I haven't had a passion for them for years because I just, I just am, I don't know. I'm bored buy a lot of it you know i'm just like it's the conferences are the only part i give a shit about and and uh even then it's just to show me like what you got going on and you know and give me a little feel for the the, the roadmap of the future 
I know that people think it's it sounds jaded, and I know people would kill to go to E3, and I and I understand all that kind of stuff. I'm not trying to sound like that. I'm just trying to be a realist in the sense that we have a marketing problem in the gaming industry. We have a we have an expectations problem in the industry. We have a lot of problems in the industry, and I do think that a lot of it's funneled back to the way we talk about games and the way we uh, get excited and hyped for games. And it's the same way people wait in fucking lines for hours to go to these these panels at Comic Con to see a TV show panel or whatever. And it's like it's like. I, I respect that and I appreciate that. You can do what you want. You have free will. If that's what makes you happy, that's totally fine. Spend your money and your time however you want. I don't care. Yeah. But to me, I'm like, we got to take the power back, you know, like as the consumer and stuff like that. I, I I know it's a very convoluted kind of thing to say for this, but E3 is very indicative of that to me. I want to see E3 go away. Like, I would love to see something else sprout up in its place that is way more fan driven, way more authentic, way more fun. You know, E3 is not fun. Like I like it, it. It's it's like especially. Like, and I don't know that I didn't realize that until I went to New York Comic Con. Until I went to San Diego Comic Con. Until I went to PAX East and PAX Prime. And I'm like, this, but that's these the thing are is fun. And you're that's the thing though. You're comparing, I think, apples and oranges in a way. A consumer show is a lot different than in E3 than a game. Well, a Gamescom actually merges the two, don't it? Doesn't it? Bad example. But a Paris Games Week. You know what I mean? Like these are these events that are serving different audiences. Like there's a reason PAX is so. And even you said. You know, people at a Comic Con piling in for a panel, right? Like, or waiting in line to get into a panel. That's for me has always made the most sense. I'm going to, I like, well, you know, I'm, there's a Smallville panel. I'm gonna get. If I was a normal person, I'd get in line to go see the Smallville reunion panel, right? Because I want to be around all these people who love Smallville as much as I do. So I'll wait in line for whatever in Hall H. Not that I ever have because I'm always working it. But Hall H. The exact uh, unleash Hall H. The flip of for video games is like I, I remember when I was running into kids who were waiting three hours at a PAX to play the order. I was like, why are you waiting in line this long to play the order? Like you can watch every one of those videos online. You're right. going to play this game in two months. And like back to your point, whatever makes you happy. I'm not here to judge you. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like I would I, I love at PAX floating around the floor and talking to people and bouncing up to key, mainly going to that, you know, the indie booth indie and playing yeah. all these different things and seeing these games that you don't get to see anywhere else that I haven't seen covered on IGN and then going to the merch thing, going to a panel, going to. But it's about being around the fandom, mm. whereas E3 is, you, you know, when you say E3 isn't fun and you compare it to those things, E3 is meant to be work. You know what I mean? Even if we are commentators, our job is to go there and see stuff. And then last year, our job was to go there and interview people and talk to people. And this year, we'll see what our job ends up being when we go to E3. But there's a there's a job there. You know what I mean? Like when you go to PAX, the job is to hang out and do a panel and fucking shake hands and thank these people who get to do all the stuff for us. But I'm not going to be able to thank people at E3 even though it ends up happening inevitably, but because E3 is for me to go there and meet devs, meet publishers, meet PR people. That is that it is a networking. So it is a conference, right? It is a real conference. Yeah. I think that, uh, to the point of playing games earlier, getting access, it could be an excitement about that. Right. But even before I went to my first either, even before I was in the industry, like I had no interest in going to like really going other than, like to play things. I wanted to see it. Yeah. So like I think one of the things candidly and, and with respect that I, I'm just disconnected from the way a lot of gamers are in this. And I've always been in the sense that um, I don't need to play this early. I don't need to be around this thing or this thing. I, I It's the same thing I always say about like I, I talk very openly about like I don't understand let's play culture. Like I don't get it. Like we do them. And I love that people like them, but I always want to be honest with the audience being like, I personally don't watch these. We talked about it at, to tease Game Over Greggy's show next week. We talked about our trip to Rooster Teeth and what we learned there. And I'm like, I learned a great deal about going there and seeing how they work and stuff, especially because like I don't watch game media at all. So mm-hmm. like when we did Podcast Beyond and when we do PS I Love You, when we do the Gamescast or we do even Game Over Greggy's show, like 
those are just what I think a podcast should be. Like, I don't really know because I've never listened to really a podcast regularly ever in my life. So, you know, if people don't want to be skeptical or some people don't want to be skeptical, some people do want to be skeptical. I always take, you know, I've said I've kind of echoed this in the past. Let me be skeptical for you. Let me be the curmudgeonly like fucking gatekeeper for you. And you don't have to be that guy. And you can make fun of me for being that guy if you want or be mad at me for being that guy. But I have to be that guy. Like, it's just it's just the way I consume. And I think it's been the way I've always consumed. So I think I've even though I've always been a core gamer for I've been playing games every day of my life for like 26 or 27 years. Um, I've always been skeptical. I've always been curmudgeonly. I've always been hard on things and and kind of a show me kind of thing. I get excited about things too. Uncharted is a great example. I'm very excited about Uncharted 4. So I, I succumb to the fucking marketing fear too. It's just that I know Uncharted 4 is going to be good. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the thing though. Is like, is, you're not, if you're Uncharted, not excited about Uncharted 4 because of what they showed you at PSX or the commercial you saw on TV or the subway integration. You're excited about uncharted four because it's uncharted four and you've played three games from this team that, you know, and naughty dog who you trust and all these different things. Right. Exactly. It's a learned experience, but it's also like, you know, some people, you know, get on me and they're like, you don't seem to enjoy games. You don't like, it's supposed to be fun and stuff. And I'm like, games are a way of life for me. I played games. I've dedicated my adult life to video games and much of my childhood. We don't have to enjoy them because they exist and we don't have to enjoy a video game because it's a fucking video game. And I brought up a good example. Uh, Alakine's Gun on PlayStation 4. It's also a PC game. Okay. Game's supposed to be absolute fucking trash. Like unequivocal trash. Okay. And, you know, r- with respect, we've talked to, to the guy, like to the publisher or whatever, to someone from that was like uh, uh, at the GameStop Expo about like him, him bringing the game on, talking about it or whatever. And like, to me, it's like, that's market. Like you guys knew your game was bad. You know what I mean? Like that's like, that's what I'm talking about. Like I'm not calling anyone a liar or anything like that. I'm just saying like, this is kind of the marketing shit we did. Like I was interested in this game until I was like looking at the reason. I'm like, this game isn't like mediocre. There's no like, there, there's, there's an no objective like, nature. Silver lining. Yeah. Is. And like this game is supposed to be fucking trash. You and know, this guy was on our show. And uh, yeah, I did something with it with like just the publisher, like the over or like, you know, whatever. And I'm not call, trying to call anyone out. What I'm saying is like, that's what I'm talking about is like, I was saying, oh, a cold war show. Oh, that sounds awesome. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, uh, push square 20, six axis, 30. I gen gave it a 30. Slant Magazine, 40. Hardcore Gamer, 40. Game Critics, 45. Brash Gamers and WCC. See, these are Metacritic things. No higher than 50. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you knew that kind of sucks because well. I was excited about it. Like, I started to bite a little bit. And so I try to like, you understand what I'm saying? I so see I, what you're like, saying. So I try to like, I'm like, oh, Cold War espionage thriller. And then like, you know, like, reminds me of Dead Drops and all this kind of cool stuff going on in the 70s, 80s, like in the 60s. And I'm like, damn it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to I don't want to fall prey to that shit either. So I'd rather remain skeptical and curmudgeonly and people can think I'm hard or I'm, I don't enjoy games. That's fine. I clearly enjoy games. I just want to be the guy that's kind of managing expectations. If not for others, then for me. Sure. Yep. That's all. OK. I don't know if any of that makes sense, but Adam Greeny has some more on E3 and it's re Collins E3 predictions. And this is the final question of the week. Remember to be part of the show. Kind of funny. com slash PSQ. I understand companies wanting to have absolute control of their messaging and media package. They can spin things and hype them while keeping the obnoxious media folk from commenting slash criticizing on their games. But in the end, isn't that horrifically unfair to consumers? If Colin is right, then we, the gamers, will get w- will get well and truly fucked, and so will publishers. I'm a busy guy, kind of. I work 
full-time as a writer for a charity organization that demands a lot of random hours on top of the nine to five. I have a house to maintain, friends, family, etc. I can't visit Activision, Warner Brothers, Disney, and EA's blog every day for news. If it wasn't for sites like Kinda Funny or IGN, I would be hard-pressed to keep up with everything that's happening in the gaming world. If companies stop allowing for third-party coverage, how can they expect people to care or even notice their game? Maybe I'm overly worried about the future of gaming media and my loss of freelance work as it would happen, Uh, but in what ways is this any better for the general public? I feel like he's mixing up a lot of different things we've yeah. said there and stuff. I don't think at any point were we saying that if these companies leave E3 and do their own events targeted at their own fans that and they're speaking to the consumers and I'm saying like, you know, I think I used the example last time on the show. If, you know, Disney Infinity did something, we wouldn't cover it as kind of funny. But when Lego Dimensions does something, we would because we have an audience and I care about Lego Dimensions. None of that means that IGN isn't getting access or covering it or doing, you know, your game spots, your IGNs doing the more general stuff. What we're saying, I think, is that the middle tier sites that aren't IGN and aren't independent things, but are owned by people and have, you know, budgets to worry about. Those are the ones that fall away and you're left with the big sites and you're left with all these indie people and how that relates then to E3 is that EA's event that isn't E3, but is right before E3 is still going to have access for fans, but it's also going to have access for IGN for them to go to their mini press conference that I'm sure is going to be the exact same kind of press conference they would have done. But you know, now it's to, to an audience of fans and an audience of press people. Just understand that, like, yeah, these sites are like, you know, uh, some sort of aggregation will always exist in terms of disseminating the news. I agree with you. It's it's a laborious task to go to all these sites. And and, but the the fact is, is that the shit that you care about will probably bubble up to the top anyway, whether on your social media, a friend might know about it, you see it somewhere else. But you understand that the publishers are also seeing metrics that the the, like surely I mean, I don't I I, know the the big, you know, the big websites, certainly their traffic's got to be falling. And just because there's only so many places for people to go, so much time in the day, so many gamers, and it seems like they're flocking to YouTube and they're flocking to Twitch and they're flocking to all these different And how places. many times do you, and this is, I mean, I'll, I'll say for myself, I'll speak for myself, how many times do I go to GameSpot.com or IGN.com on a daily basis? And I'm talking about their .com, their front page. Rarely, I see somebody tweet an article I want to, or a video I want to see, and I click through on that link. Right, I'm I'm doing it in the same way people do it through Facebook, where you click through and you go that way. Fewer and fewer people are going to destination websites exactly. to get their things. And I also think that so they're looking at these metrics of probably falling traffic and falling influence because of the falling traffic, and they go to where they feel like they can directly connect with someone. So if you follow them on Twitter, or you have an app that's endemic to them, or you have something like that, they can talk to you directly. Like they want to control the message. I'm not saying it's right because it goes back into this marketing thing where I'm saying like, well, the, the, having a gatekeeper between what Activision says about Call of Duty and what you read about Call of Duty is important. But if you don't have that, you're, it's just going to be up to you to be more skeptical and 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 more uh, on guard about uh, these on kinds God. of things. And and that's like where I, that's kind of where I sit with what I was saying before with you don't want to like get your game information um, from the publishers directly necessarily nor do you want to get them from people that are just overly enthusiastic uh, whoever that might be I don't I'm not calling you know saying anyone in particular I'm just saying you want to know like that a person has hates something or doesn't like something so you like know that like when they like something it means something that's that's what I always feel about um, the way I, you know you and I are both pretty open about the shit we don't like so that when you know we like something whether or not you like it or not yeah yourself you know that at least we there are two little th- jars that we throw our fucking ideas no into. that and that's the hardest thing to do with first party editorial content you know what i mean like i mean look at the playstation i'm not singling anybody out look at the playstation blog look at xbox look at activision you look at a bungee and, and some of these i haven't looked at so correct me if i'm wrong but i know for a fact we we read the playstation blog all the time if playstation blog 
doesn't like something, there's not a post about that something. You know what I mean? Or it, you, you don't know if a game like you're talking about if there if game X is coming out and all signs point to it being terrible, are, are they going to put up a preview saying this game's terrible? No, that's not how that works. That's not how that kind of content works. Now, I'm not saying they lie to you. They might not just they they might not write about it. That might just be the thing. They step back that way of like we played this game, we didn't like it, we won't Deafening do it. Definitely silence. Exactly. The the um yeah. So to me, it's like the, I'm not saying that that's a perfect solution. I'm just saying that that's clearly where it's going. I don't think that's a solution at all. And I don't wish the death of of old media at all because that's where we come from. And I believe in the in the the sanctity and the importance of the written word. I believe it's important, and I think it's important to have editorialization. I think it's important to have opinion based stuff out there. Op eds. Not everything has to be a press release or a news item. That's just giving you a fact. Yeah. I think that you know you have to have that kind of stuff out there. So I don't think that's a solution, but I just think that that's clearly what's happening. It's just that it's not that you're not going to be getting that anymore. You can watch a show like Colin and Greg live and get the opinions on the news. Exactly. You can go to YouTube and watch the people you trust or on Twitch, the people you exactly. trust. So like, it's not like you don't have those people anymore. You just have to look for them in different places. Um, and I think that's just going to become more pronounced as time goes on. I think that the writing's on the wall for the old way. Like, and that, that, that makes me sad, but sure. I think that it's clear. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's the point, like, especially when we're talking about this kind of content and what he's saying is you don't have time to check in. How's this good for, I mean, like look at today. Now that this, this is up, it'll be annotated at the end is my, I put up the Lego dimensions. Let's play for the midway arcade pack. Right. And I don't like it. And I say that in the thing right now, I doubt that IGN or GameSpot will have opinions up on that content on day one, because is that a thing their their giant audience cares about that they're trying to get to? Not necessarily, but if companies are going to give access to people that actually care about their product, right? That are like, well, he's an influencer on Lego Dimensions. We'll give him this stuff to get their opinions. You still have that. It's not like I'm bought off because I got these Lego Dimensions. I got these Lego Dimensions. I'm like, mm, this isn't the one I like. Stuff like that. Right. It's still there. You just have to know who to look for. It's time for P.S. I love this best friend XOXO. This is where one of you sends in your PSN name so we can send you PSN friends. That's right. If you're listening to this at home, I'm about to tell you about somebody who needs friends. You're going to friend him on PSN. Everybody's going to be great. Today's best friend we love is Raiden Delta 16. He or she writes in and says, Hello, fellow best friends. Long time listener and first time writing into the show. I've really enjoyed everything you guys do here on Kind of Funny Pla- on the Kind of Funny platform, and it really helps me keep my spirits up in my soul-crushing job of being a janitor. I'm currently following my girlfriend on her six-year-long journey to get her PhD in psychology. If anyone has done this before, they know it's a lot of stress, and there's a lot of moving to different cities to different parts of the PhD journey. With all this moving, it's hard to build a good group of friends to play video games with. So, if you lovely gentlemen would grace me the privilege of being this week's PS, I love this best friend, I would be eternally thankful. My PSN is Raiden Delta 16. That's 16. Raiden Delta 16, all one word. He says Raiden because my first real love will always be Metal Gear Solid 2. So you could also say Raiden, mm-hmm. but you spell it that way. Thanks for everything. Raiden Delta 16. PS, Greg. You're pretty cool, I guess. But Colin, you are my favorite and would love to have a fireside chat with you about how messed up this world of ours is and maybe share a glass or two of fine bourbon. Oh, thank you very much. That's very kind of you to say. Next, Colin, this week's forgotten PlayStation game. This is where you and I reach into the annals of history to find a PlayStation game. I like that not enough people. the annals of history, personally. That not enough Put people are talking hand in it. Up to my elbow. <laughs> that not enough people are talking about. This one, though, Anal. is submitted by a fan. It was my week. I'll do next week. This one comes from WolfAD47 over on kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. He or she says, I have a forgotten PlayStation game suggestion for you guys. I'm curious to know if Colin liked it since people said it was a Zelda ripoff, but I thought it was so much fun. 
the game I'm talking about is 3D.Heroes. 3D. Yeah, he says Game, game Heroes. Heroes. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What it is. For the PS3. I provided a link to the IGN review for it. No need. We remember this game. This mm-hmm. game was awesome. Yeah, 3D. Atlas. Yeah. Published it. Love that game. Yeah, it was like, what do you want to call it? Not top down. A little bit isometric, right? Where you're mm-hmm. moving through and your little blocks and you chop things up and they shatter into little blocks. Yeah, it was a cool game. Yeah, it was I awesome I never beat game. it, but I liked it a lot. Me neither. Yeah, full disclosure. <laughs> I remember playing it at previews and being blown away and then getting it and something else came in and took my time, but it was a great game. That's a good choice. Yeah. yeah. So really Is it good. available digitally? I don't know. Doesn't say. IGN review doesn't talk about it since it was posted in 2010. Yeah, it's an oldie. Yeah. We were at the uh, no, we were in the new office. I think when it came out, actually. Yeah, yeah. we would. We we would yeah. be right. Yeah, you're right. 100 percent because this came out in April. We mm-hmm. moved there in March. Now it's time for PSN's worst name of the week. You ready for this one? Yes. This, of course, is when you go to kindoffunny.com slash forums. Go to the PSN or no PSX. I love PS. I love you. XOXO mm-hmm. board. Mm-hmm. Click on the worst PSN name. Submit your name there too. This one comes from somebody whose name you're about to hear hello puberty gave me one larger than average breast it is a common condition but it usually shows up in both term well instead of shying away from it my psn id is dj big nip dj big nip this name does not suit me anymore as the condition has subsided. <laughs> However, the name remains and is usually asterisked all over my PSN. I work in a professional setting and dread adding new people on PSN. Please, Shuhei, let me change my name. Cheers, a now normal sized nipple dude. DJ DJ Big, Big Nip. Nip. I like that one a lot. I don't. I, I think that's a that's a good one. That's a good calling card, and it's a good conversation starter with people in a professional setting. One of your nipples used to be bigger. Big deal. You know what I'm saying? Some people might be into that. A lot of people are probably into it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for PSI Love You XOXO episode 27. Remember, this is kindoffunny.com's PlayStation podcast. It is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. It posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and iTunes and podcast services around the globe. Please share it with your friends. Like it. Subscribe to the channels. Do all that jazz. It means a lot to us. Follow Colin on Instagram. KF Moriarty. KF Moriarty. Follow me on the PSN. Game over, Greggy. And I will be removing the rest of you from friends list very, very slowly. It takes a long time. Mm. Long, mm. long time. Gotta use the app, probably. <laughs> yeah, the app is, isn't too bad. I've been screwing around trying to find the best way, but yeah, it's a pain in the ass all of it together. A lot of things I'd like to change about the PSN. Oh, yeah. Every episode of PSI Love You XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call Singing a Shoe Hey. This is where you, all the musicians listening, go to kindoffunny.com slash PSM. Submit your song right there. One YouTube video, one MP3 link. Why, you may ask. So at the end of the YouTube video, I can annotate to your video. And at the end of our MP3, I can add your MP3. And people can then go get all of your awesome music. Today's awesome music comes from our good friend, St. Louis, Missouri's own Tech Track. Tack Track says, I'd like to present the lead single off my new EP, Delivery. Delivery can be bought on iTunes and streamed on Spotify, Apple Music, and countless other streaming sites. Please subscribe on YouTube.com slash TackTrack, T-A-K-T-R-A-C-K, and check out TackTrackMusic.com. The song is called Post. Once again, two weeks in a row of people nailing how to promote themselves. Not just, hey Greg, here's my song. I don't know what the, I don't know what this is. What is your band? Where do I send people? Tack Track, of course, kind of funny. People know a big time supporter of us over on Patreon. We love him very much, and we hope you love his new single post off the new EP delivery. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.
this track right here Go and bring the boom back You won't get enough like a nymphomaniac Don't really know where you might go next Go put it in neutral, sit back and relax This brand new shit like a Netflix original Flow so cold it's downright criminal Don't really care what the city be on Freaks creep in the woods like a fucking Amazon Rap so dirty you can go tell your mom Let her bring a fine ass to come dance in the song Sweet like fresh fruit Girl got an apple bottom All she wanna do is strip up out her fresh now cotton let take you on a journey Let the car be your guide And you can look at all the lights In the night when we ride And all we're looking for Is a good spot we can post And all we know is that We gotta get gone like a ghost Now let it take you on a journey Let the car be your guide And you can look at all the lights In the night when we ride And all we're looking for Is a good spot we can post And all we know is that We gotta get gone like a ghost like this come once in a lifetime Funny watching other lames fumble when they try to rhyme I get a high like a mile up on this earth I bet I'd still kill it even if I just birth. I can tell you this though for what it's worth Still I kill it every day from the cradle to the hearse My face in the dirt when I drink like this Swimming in a pool now, swimming in the abyss This the delivery y'all been waiting for Don't give a fuck like a goddamn superstar If I was a superstar I'd be a Supernova, energetic in a stellar shock wave and Tabasova. Take you on a journey, let the car be your guide, and you can look at all the lights in the night when we ride. And all we're looking for is a good spot we can post, and all we know is that we gotta get gone like a ghost. Now let it take you on a journey, let the car be your guide, and you can look at all the lights in the night when we ride. And all we're looking for is a good spot we can post, and all we know is that we gotta get gone like a ghost. This kind of hunger, starving sensation Make for a beautiful demonstration What the fuck am I on? I don't really know, bro Look me up on YouTube, filming with a GoPro This kind of music, make me wanna get some Look at me coordinate like the cerebrum I gotta leave, hun, got more hits to make, yo Just before you leave, I'd like a blowjob and a steak Hold up, girl, I ain't trying to cake In fact, I gotta go, ho, cause I am late This is great, everything is fate now that we straight let's just skate now let it take you on a journey let the car be your guide and you can look at all the lights in the night when we ride and all we're looking for is a good spot we can post and all we know is that we gotta get gone like a ghost now let it take you on a journey let the car be your guide and you can look at all the lights in the night when we ride and all we're looking for is a good spot we can post and all we know is that we gotta get gone like a ghost